everybody. Welcome to the studio version of Frame Trap. Uh, this is crazy. Uh, Huber said he wasn't sure how it was going to feel. Mm-hmm. It's a different different vibe for Frame Trap. Frame Trap is all about vibes. I think mm-hmm. it's like yes. the, key, the th- key thing about this show. So hopefully we'll, we'll find our vibe in this new studio. Definitely. We're shooting this uh, late on a Friday night. Uh, praying, late night I'm praying, vibes. Yeah, late night vibes. I'm praying that everything's going to work okay. I hope it all goes well. Uh, big thanks to Ian and Don, who are here to hopefully put out any fires. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I want to talk about the studio, but before we get that, I should introduce my lovely panelists. Michael Huber at the end there. Hello. And right next to him, Bradley Ellis. Hi. Uh, I'm going to be, hopefully, sailing these new studio waters successfully. I'm Ben Moore. Uh, and I want to talk to you guys about the studio itself. You know, mm-hmm. we kind of talked about it on the stream, and we kind of talked about it on the podcast, but how, forgetting easy allies, just focusing on you as individuals, how do you guys feel about the studio so far? Excited. Excited. Why are you so excited? excited. Uh, excited that we have a space that we can call our own, you know? Jones's garage was still his house, so we really had to do, uh, uh, we really had to, cram everything into like one or two days of the week you know because it was like we don't want to be at jones's every single day mm-hmm. you know he's trying to live his life too and right. amanda also you know we're just constantly coming in and out so i think now we have a lot more freedom with how we schedule things and i'm excited to just have that that freedom yeah cram was such a good word there uh because <laughs> something that was always a little bit difficult at brandon's is if you weren't shooting something, but something was going on, it was kind of hard just to exist because mm-hmm. you know, we were using that entire garage either for stuff like the PC or yeah. games or a couch or a television. And so it was kind of hard uh, to just like eat or something if right. you needed to, yeah. uh, which, you know, that's not Jones's fault. That's yeah. just, that was just the fact of the matter. And uh, it's nice. We have like our own little room now mm-hmm. where we can just go and sit on a couch mm-hmm. and it's just for that purpose, yeah. uh, which is pretty cool. Brad, how are you feeling about it? I feel like we unlocked a town in a game or something. We <laughs> unlocked our hub. That's what it feels like. Like yeah. we lit the bonfire at Firelink Shrine. Like this is like our hub right now. Yeah. Uh, a little weird because it's different, mm-hmm. but in a good way. You know, we're just not super familiar with everything yet. We're still finding the groove of how everything's going to go. We're figuring that out, but it feels exciting. Yeah, it's interesting that you use Souls as a, as a reference there because I Too do much. kind of feel like uh, coming into the studio, I, you may never know who you're going to run into. Yeah, yeah. What you know? NPC will be there and try to attack me? <laughs> right. Blood <laughs> might be organizing the library. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon might be here with Sophie for some reason. That's just what I'm hoping. But yeah, you never know uh, what you're going to run into. To me, it uh, it kind of feels like so far, just because it's we've only done a few things mm-hmm. in this, mm-hmm. everything feels like E3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Everything feels like E3, uh, which is good and bad. Uh, E3 is, is very exciting, uh, but it's exciting in a way where it feels like you're on a roller coaster that never, is never going to stop. And that's kind of what this feels like. I'm sure we'll get used to it. Yeah. But right now, it's just kind of like lights, sound, everything's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get used to it. Kind we'll of feels like GT, like on the stage. Yeah, it does. It does feel like GT on the stage for sure. Um, the stage where we had like GT Live is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but right? I don't yeah. have to worry about like some random person coming in who we don't know or something like that. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, what are you, are you guys supposed to be in here? Yeah, what are you guys doing here? 
Do you uh, work here? I do miss that one guy, though, whose name I can't remember. Trevin? Trevin, yeah. Trevin. Trevin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if the audience is familiar. Maybe maybe Wasn't some like, diehards. He was on one, one stream. Maybe. Was he? I think he was, was on a betting stream? special, right? With you yeah. and Kyle? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he would just strike up conversations, and he was into games. And yeah, he was cool. He was a really cool very guy. relaxed, cool guy. Yeah. 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 Shout outs to Trevin Shout if you're out, out there. Um, I want to get started with you, Michael Huber, because this podcast is in a lot of, for us as Easy Allies and for us as people who play video games. It's kind of a surreal moment. Yeah, I want to talk to you about the Resident Evil Two remake, <laughs> uh, which has kind of you guys. been your life for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, uh, but it's also kind of been your life. Uh, Resident Evil 2 is one of your favorite games. A game that it is my favorite. It is your favorite game. Okay, yeah. there you go. Uh, it's a game you've finished over and over and over, you know, inside and out. And it got remade. Not just in like, oh, they put a new coat of paint on it. Oh, it's part of a collection. It's They really built it from the ground up and created something that I think is pretty special. Yeah. Uh, and so before we actually get talking about the game, like how does this feel now that you've been through it several times? Uh, perfect. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> the reason I say that is because I can remember when Remake 1 came out and how big of a deal that was because of how beautiful it looked and and because it was they were remaking Resident Evil 1. It's, that's also one of my favorite games of all time. I can remember coming home and having my mom help me drape up the window because I got the game in the afternoon, but I wanted to play in the darkness. So my mom helped me like th throw the curtains up and like black <laughs> out my room to play it. But I bring and she was like, oh, this is a reasonable request. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, my mom, mom would definitely do that. My mom, we have a lifetime agreement where like, I haven't followed through on this obviously because like I, review games now and and i'm an adult and i buy my own games yeah but for a long time my mom was like anytime resident evil comes out like i'll get it for you yeah i had yeah. that agreement with my dad too about uh zelda <laughs> yeah you know so more, my mom more things are making sense yeah. <laughs> that you with your parents had a lifetime agreement about yeah. resident evil that's pretty perfect yeah okay so, sorry no so i bring up remake one <laughs> because remake one replaced the original Resident Evil for me. Yeah. I rarely go back now and play the original. I still do, obviously, because mm -hmm. it's it's jolly and it's the original. It's and it's amazing. But usually when I go back and, and play through the entire franchise, I'll just like do play remake. Play remake. But remake two is so special and so awesome and perfect because it gives me the feelings of the original and it doesn't replace it. It coexists with it. Like, this has not, it, like, I can still get things out of the original that I won't get in this one and things out of this one that I won't get in the original now. Mm -hmm. So I love that they both can, can coexist in my life. Uh, and that, that was, like, the biggest fear. It was like, oh, man, is this remake going to just kind of replace the original? Because right before Remake 2 came out and right before I got the code and stuff, it was like, dude, time's running out. Clock is ticking. Like, this will be one of the last times you can play the original before the remake is out. Because once yeah. the remake is out, like it, it kind of overlaps and stuff. So I was like scary, scared and nervous about it, but all my fears have subsided and mm -hmm. now it's just amazing. Yeah, Resident Evil Remake 
is is a game that I hold in a very high regard because it, it sort of felt like the epitome of the Resident Evil idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it felt so true to the original while just, like, it, it understood it in a way. It wasn't trying to change it. It wasn't trying to mess with it. It was just trying to enhance it. Like, yeah. every decision it made just made for a better game. It wasn't, like, this weird, misguided attempt at modernization. Mm-hmm. It, it had a focus and a vision that it really capitalized on. And I think you were worried, and I think a lot of people were worried with Resident Evil 2 Remake. It's like, okay, what are we trying to accomplish here? What's, mm-hmm. what's, what's the point? And I kind of feel like... For me, if you have the original Resident Evil that started it all, and then you have improvements to kind of that general idea, mm-hmm. and then you have Resident Evil 4, and then you have Resident Evil 7, admittedly, which is also very different, Resident Evil 2 Remake kind of feels like it's taking mm-hmm. the idea of Resident Evil forward. Like, it uses this familiar setting, but its mechanics, its enemy design, its characterization of Claire and Leon, all of these things are either new or just, like, better than they ever have mm-hmm. been, yeah. in my opinion. And it's it's pretty amazing. Um, if you had to pick one thing, both of you, Brad, because you've been playing Resident Evil 2 Remake as well, if you had to pick one thing about Resident Evil 2 Remake uh, that immediately comes to mind, what's the so- thing that sticks out to you? I think everyone's going to say Mr. X, obviously. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's the zombies, man. Yeah. It's absolutely the zombies. It's how menacing they are, how you're constantly surrounded by them. The police, the, the RPD station feels overwhelmed, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Zombies are a threat. I love that two can take you at once and like do serious damage. The way they look at you, the way they just take shots after shots after shots. Uh, it's It's... The 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 revitalization of zombies. I really you know? appreciate the no blood pool now because that was the old sign of like okay they're finally dead. Yeah. Now like that yeah. it's, I just don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know unless, unless I shoot them again or yeah. stab them or something. Like, or their, I don't know. The head comes off. Yeah. If their head's blown off, I'm like okay. Even yeah. if you've seen it so many times. <laughs> When there's that long pause before they come up and you have to turn around, it's mm-hmm. just, it fills you with dread. Mm-hmm. It is true dread and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes they'll get up in a second. Yes. And then sometimes it'll be like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like, what? <sighs> Sorry. No. Uh, I just, it. this random thing that I really appreciate in the remake is like, I don't remember if this was in the original one, but the boards, putting boards up on the window. So the original had, uh, there were two wires you could get. Two okay. cords, and there were two sections. There was one with that initial hallway where the liquor is. Yes. Like that main hallway over there. And then the other hallway that now goes down to the parking lot on the other side. Okay, yeah. Where the guy's like, get me out of here, yeah. Where you save that guy. Oh, in the, in the oh, okay. Like in the opening. Okay. So save. those two spots in the original, you could put the wire there, and it would close the shutters. Okay, that at, I remember. Okay, and cool. at points in the original, like there'd be a moment where like a ton would come through, and it would kind of like refill yeah. that area. Okay, so it, it's it, man. I, I just felt it was just really satisfying me putting a board on a window, right? And some dude trying to break it down, and he couldn't. And I was like, yes, yes, I got you. Yeah, it feels so good. Yeah, because you get feel like you're from the back out of nowhere. Because you feel like you're patching up the station, yeah. right? You're just like slowly getting it back online, like turning some yeah. lights on, plugging a leak. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate though that it's not just like your magic erasering it away. Like mm-hmm. you can still hear the zombie pounding away. Yeah, it still has him, a yeah. presence. It's still there in yeah. that world. Uh, which is really cool. Yeah. And man, I think I think a big part of the genius of Resident Evil 2, and this is something that I don't think just like horror games struggle with, but all games struggle with, 
where like you'll look at something really badass, but it doesn't necessarily feel badass. Like the way you take it down is not that all that exciting or interesting. And even in like older Resident Evil games, sometimes I would come across a new enemy and be like, oh, okay, like this is just how you take care of them. And it kind of felt like a, a math problem. Whereas like Resident Evil 2 Remake, there are jump scares. It does have some got you moments, but a lot of the horror just comes from like how do I deal with these things and how you deal with them is like pretty rough. Mm -hmm. If you mess up at all, you'll be severely punished for it. Mm -hmm. Like a liquor will could ruin your day if you don't tackle it properly. Dealing with Mr. X is frightening because you know that he's there. It's not that he's going to pop out at any moment. It's that you can hear him like right above you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just like that the process of dealing with these things and making it stressful and making it difficult is what's so terrifying and i think that's cool it's not just like oh yeah you know i opened a box and it popped out like right. that's that's way more effective and i think it stays with you uh, like i'll never forget mr x man in this yeah. like Never. Uh, I think it's the, so good. Uh, the lighting is really great too in this because oh, yeah. it's like gorgeous. dark a lot of the times down the old ones yeah, yeah. It, was, it was bright everywhere you could see it, but now i'm like totally. The flashlight out and everything like that, man. Oh, it's so good. Love the flashlight. Love it. Yeah. Uh, no crossbow? No crossbow. Hmm. Nope. No crossbow for uh, for Claire. Right. Um, the inventory is also phenomenal, oh my by God. the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, so good. Uh, just, just a concept that... Like, is not outdated in the slightest. Yeah. Having to manage your inventory and make the decision of, do I press on? Do I discard the thing? Do I make the trek all the way back down yeah. to the item box? Like having to think through those things uh, is still so good. Yeah. Like they kept so many of the good things. It, they didn't just treat it like, oh, this is old and therefore bad. Like they really, I don't know. Again, kind of what I said with Remake, they have like an understanding of what makes this special and exciting intent. The oh sorry go ahead go ahead I'll, I was just gonna bring it up. Uh, the weapon or the ammo that's that wasn't in the original was it that no. was from three yeah three three started the uh, gunpowder okay I love the gunpowder love gunpowder absolutely it's so love fun it. yeah the gunpowder was a big learning experience for me uh, where I, I feel like when I initially got gunpowder I would use it right away mm. and they'd be like oh no wait like and again just that decision just like the item box it's like. Do I cash in for handgun ammo now, or do I save it mm -hmm. for shotgun ammo or whatever? Shotgun every time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Man, I also feel like pretty much every weapon was good, or yeah. a lot of the weapons yes, were good. That absolutely. was really mm -hmm. awesome to see. Like, there was yeah. nothing... Just because, A, zombies could take a lot to take down, and a lot of things could... could take a lot of ammunition to get down. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really feel like it stretched you to get out of your comfort zone. You didn't just find that one thing that you mm -hmm. liked yeah. um, and mastered it. So, yeah. Did you guys like the story? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I mean, let me put it to you this way. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I enjoyed the story, but I, I enjoyed the characters. I honestly mm -hmm. felt closer to Leon and Claire than I ever have. Mm. Oh, Claire and Cherry this and time Sherry. around. Yeah, Cherry's so a good great. point. And Ada. I actually yeah. think they did a great job with Ada as well. Yeah. Um, FBI. <laughs> yeah, Sherry was phenomenal. I It's yeah. it's tough because I don't want to say too much. I think definitely. we're getting like closer right. to definitely, definitely. stuff that we don't want to spoil. Also, I meant to say this at the top. We will be talking about Resident Evil 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3. We'll not be talking, obviously, 
about super deep story stuff, but we're going to be talking about mechanics mm -hmm. and like how we generally felt playing these things. So there are timestamps in the description if you want to avoid that stuff. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. Really adored the puzzles. Like my favorite puzzles in a Resident Evil game by far. Loved all the little locks. Oh, the sure. Three combination yeah, yeah. locks. Mm -hmm. Oh, this, the, the little safes that you Lo get? Yeah, uh, yeah the, the, the dial safes, the locks, the, the constant variety of puzzles, you know, ranging from yeah. those to like... So my, like the one I don't like is the one with the fluid, obviously, but that's such a <laughs> staple fluid, of yeah. Resident Evil. I feel like every Resident Evil game, I'm like adjusting fluid levels or power levels with switches. It just constantly... Yeah gave me something new with the puzzles and I was never insanely frustrated. Like even Sherry's little box cube one, like just the amount of variety there was mm -hmm. so awesome. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, I feel quite as strongly in favor of the puzzles as you do. Obviously a staple, as you mentioned. Um, but I don't think there was any one puzzle that stuck out to me and I was like, wow, that was amazing. Hmm. It A lot of them fell into a category of I have to rotate or twist this thing and <laughs> like yes you're obviously applying a method to it but yeah. you're kind of just like fumbling around until you get what works and so like they were fine <laughs> they were like you said they were never super frustrating or they didn't take that much time away but I didn't think like mm -hmm. I don't know I didn't think the puzzles were exceptional Got it. I guess but I don't know if I could tell you a Resident Evil puzzle that I do think is exceptional. So maybe oh, that's like just the one me. with the the plugs too. And it's like a little riddle. The the like night plugs to open oh, that door. The pieces? Yeah, the pieces. They give you like a little riddle. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. This is next to this, but it's across from that. Like, oh, yeah, that one I. Th so I did Leon A, Claire B. Mm -hmm. um, Dude, the second run of that puzzle. See, is. Blew my mind. I was like, the what? plugs? Yeah. See, I didn't have that experience with both. Like, it was a little bit tougher, but with yeah. both of them, I was just like, okay, this, this, yeah. it was just oh, terrible puzzles. <laughs> it was just done. <laughs> um, but yeah, the concept was okay. I, I actually really like uh, the medallion yeah. stuff, uh, just because I, I there was a sense of danger with that one, where I wasn't just like at a board or at a rack or something, uh, figuring it out. It was like I have to get here and then run away and then Mr. X might be behind me. To be fair, you have to collect pieces for a lot of them and you have to mm -hmm. encounter enemies for a lot of them. But yeah, just the medallions, just yeah. this, this like kind of panic of like getting there and, and putting in the right three things yeah. worked for me. Heck but yeah, I guess it's true for, for all of them, all the puzzles. Dude, Mr. X was the biggest puzzle for me the whole game. <laughs> That was the hardest puzzle to figure out, dude. Uh, man, I went through like an emotional journey with Mr. X <laughs> where I was like, okay, all right, he can't go in these save rooms. Maybe if I just wait, mm -hmm. he'll, <laughs> he'll like run off to the other side of the RPD or something. No, yeah. no, that doesn't happen. Um, People have been asking where the Mr. X name comes from. It's from the book. Oh, so okay. if anyone out there is like, why, the, why do they keep calling him that? It's the tyrant. Okay. But in the Resident Evil 2 novelization, they call him Mr. X. you just been calling him my whole life. I was like, yeah. oh, it's probably a file or something they say. Those books are awesome. I love those books. They're really good. There's like seven of them. Yeah, I feel like the files were done really well uh, where like all of them are pretty short. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just just a little tidbit. Just um, a little bit. Yeah. I appreciated. So I've only done Claire A, but I appreciated how different 
Sherry's scenario was compared to her original one. Absolutely. Because you kind of retread it with Ada. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know yet. I haven't played Oh, in the, in the original, yeah. In the original, it's, it's yeah. like the same exact area. Yeah. But this was like a really personal encounter kind of yeah. going on here. It was like, really changed up the pace. Where yeah. I was like, I gotta hide, dude. <laughs> I gotta hide from this guy. Sherry, dude, vulnerable. Yeah, yeah I feel like... Better than ever, even better than than RE7, uh, they do a great job of making Claire and Leon feel like real people where this terrible thing is happening. Because I feel like in RE, a lot of times they either feel like a superhero or there's like just so much goofiness that that's enjoyable in its own way. I think that's awesome. But but here, I don't know, I just related to them more because I felt like their responses and the way that they thought through things and the way they interacted with other characters – uh, was natural, mm-hmm, and I yeah. liked that a lot, a lot, a lot. Cuba, this game was so good mm-hmm. that after I finished Claire B, it wasn't like, oh, this is too short. It's like, no, this is so good that... You just want I to keep playing. I just want RE3 remake or something. Like, I, I just know. want more of exactly yeah. this. I know. Yeah. Remake 3, please. Yeah. Um, it's never enough for gamers. More, <laughs> more, more, more. Give us more. So here hey, we got DLC on the 15th, baby. Yeah! Oh man, what a great Don't idea spoil for that DLC! Though. It's free, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Free DLC. Yeah. It's a it's a very clever idea. Yes. Um so Huber, you you Brad and I have played Resident Evil 2, the original, mm-hmm. but you have a, a familiarity with it that like no one else at Easy Allies has. Uh I beat a lot of times. Yes. <laughs> Do you is there anything that disappointed you? Because I, I think that's what happened to me yeah. with Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes, where mm-hmm. it was like, I, I just care so much about this original game that I, I am hypercritical in a way I probably wouldn't be if I, yeah. if I didn't love it so much. Yeah, yes. Uh, there were two things, one that is justified and another that's not really. The one that isn't really that I was disappointed in was there wasn't enough city, mm. Raccoon City. Right. I thought that was a missed opportunity. It was much shorter at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. would have really appreciated maybe like 30, 45 minutes to even get to RPD. Mm-hmm. Like, let's yeah, go, man. That, that initial gauntlet in RE2 yeah. is... is Pretty key to that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, let mm-hmm. me work my way towards it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, again, that's that's not really fair because it's like still similar to the original. Well, they do some different things. Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate their attempts to incorporate elements of that mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, and then the one that I think that's really fair is the way the scenarios match up. I really do feel like it's one and a half scenarios mm-hmm. as opposed to four. Uh, you know, you have, you have Claire and Claire second, Leon and Leon second. When you add them all up, it, it does feel like one and a half. I see. Yeah. So that's that's my biggest criticism. Yeah. Going through Claire B, um, the stuff that changed, I thought, was excellent. And, <laughs> and the things you just don't get to experience as Leon, I thought, uh, was excellent. There, there were definitely moments, though, where I was like, <laughs> oh, we're doing this again. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, there was there was this uh, an element a, a not quite boss that I'd like to talk to you about. I don't think mm-hmm. we're we're too close to the release. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. to really get into it, but I, I would want to get your opinion definitely um, on that. Huber, RE Seven came out uh, last year. Yes, right. <laughs> two years. Two years. 2017? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. I've lost all concept I of know. time. I know. I really enjoyed RE7 uh, a lot, and <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed Joe Baker. Yeah, I love RE7. <laughs> I really enjoyed Revelations 2, and yes. I, I'm trying. I'm struggling to find the words 
to describe my feelings. Like I really enjoyed those things, and mm. I, I have a lot of positive things to say about both, especially Resident Evil Seven. Yeah. But I feel like there's this like burning love that I have for Remake Two yeah. that those games didn't match, and it's it's a weird thing to say, but it's like. Oh no, like you guys were great, but this yeah. is my true love. I think because even seven is mainline, it's so different. Yeah. It you know? feels like like a side story almost. It, yeah, it really does. You know, the mm-hmm. the connections to the overall Resident Evil timeline are there, but they're mm-hmm. so minimal. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh whereas this is just rooted right. in every well, single proper thing. zombies. Yes. Yeah. So Yeah, I I also have to wonder so. I'm very glad that they did first person in Resident Evil 7. Me too. It was terrifying. If mm-hmm. 8 is first person, I'm cool with it. Yes, I'm yeah. cool with it too. Yeah. But it got me thinking, I, I don't... Be, I didn't attach to the characters in Resident Evil 7 as much, I think maybe because I, I couldn't see them and they didn't feel as active in the story, whereas yeah. like Leon and Claire... And I don't think there's anything wrong with the first person's perspective, but Leon and Claire, I really felt like it was their stories. It was their struggle that I was connecting to. And so when they triumphed and when they had down moments, like that was what attached me to them. When mm-hmm. I think about Resident Evil 7, it's not really the characters that I click with, even yeah. though there are great moments. It is how terrifying it is, and it's the situations they put you in. Yeah, there's a detachment with the main character. You only really see Ethan, Ethan like once, once. when, yeah. yeah, and yeah, but. Yeah, and I think that's why you, there's kind of just a de- natural a, detachment there. He talks kind of, but I don't yeah. feel like it's a ton from yeah. what I remember. Yeah. But yeah, we really like get to know Claire and Leon from what I've seen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like full on cutscenes talking to each other. Like re Seven's just kind of like, it's all like in-game kind of uh, dialogue and stuff like that. And I love too when like <laughs> you get punched <laughs> by Mr. X and like... Just because you have so much control of the camera, sometimes I'll be running towards the camera mm-hmm. and I'll get punched, and they'll just be like, yeah! mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just their face is mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. so you feel that. <laughs> you know what I could have gone for though, Brad? What? One of these. Oh, the two hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Come on, where was that callback? Yeah. In the original, okay. he he. That's his move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This thing. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, he does like the the lariat kind of. I feel like yeah. in this one now, which is sick. <laughs> Hubert, yeah. it's interesting because or punch. I feel like when you bring stuff up with Resident Evil Two, it's either like, yeah, I kind of remember that, <laughs> or like, oh no, I don't remember that at all. And so it's it's just like Res- the original Resident Evil Two is kind of like this hazy, distant memory, whereas you're like, let me tell you everything <laughs> mm-hmm. about Re- like I, it takes me a second to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about, I want to talk about the, like the grenades, the knives, uh, and that stuff. And I, I, (laughs) especially when you get to things like what the optional modes that come later, let's say, Mm -hmm. I don't, maybe people don't know about it. Let's not, let's not ruin it, I suppose. Um, but just, so the knives that you get, they break. Yeah. Um, and you can use it to check to see if zombies are dead and considering how tough they are to take down, that can be extremely useful. Or if they grab onto you or if another creature grabs onto you, you can uh, stab them and kind of get out of jail free mm-hmm. with, with that item. Um, and But you have to, if you use a knife, you have to kill them mm-hmm. completely to get the knife back and yeah. it will be damaged. Uh, same thing with grenades. You can either throw the grenades or uh, use them to get an enemy off of you. And, like, 
The design of this is perfect. It's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are plenty of times, like I, I think it's easy to get in this mindset, this mind frame of I'm just going to have grenades be the things that will get me out of grabs. But there are a ton of times where throwing it can turn a seemingly near impossible yeah. challenge into so manageable. And it's just like this, what I love about this game and what I love about games in general is when you have that moment where you're like, well, let me try this. And it, leads you to things that you never thought possible like Resident Evil 2 remake I feel like is designed in a way where the more thought that you put into it into moving into using your items the more you get rewarded and yeah. I just think that's super 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 satisfying mm-hmm, definitely because they're stronger when you use them yeah. normally yeah. which I love it's a smart evolution of the defense items from the remake because yeah. it's pretty much the same thing but you could just use them in other ways I remember you loving that Brad oh I, my god I remember always talking to you about like the knives dude in the man remake. when you put like the grenade in their mouth yeah. like, oh my god so good when uh, those like insect ones at the end of remake like mm-hmm. scoop you up from the ceiling and, and you in, can like throw it in <sighs> yeah so good so good yeah yeah it's a really good game yeah it's real good <laughs> uh a lot of people have mentioned this, and, and I tend to agree with them. It does feel a little weird that there's not just, like, a, a quick little dodge. Mm. It does seem yeah. like something that would kind of fit into it super well. So let me headcanon this. Okay. Here's my headcanon. Leon and Claire, rookies. Mm-hmm. Right? They're not... First stay on the job. First stay on the job. They're not experienced mm-hmm. with this. Yeah. Resident Evil 3 introduced a dodge mechanic that I still to this day cannot get to trigger properly. <laughs> but I'm thinking Resident Evil 3 remake you bring back Jill Valentine stars professional Remember. so it's it leaves it leaves the door open to make her Ellen Ripley, Jill Valentine, badass. Yeah, the best character but ever. I don't want it you to know? turn into six, where I'm like it John Wooing everywhere. No, 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 no. I mean, no, I mean no, like the just, simplest of yeah, dodges, like where just, you where you move exactly. to the left or right, just a little, a little more, bit. just yeah. a little more capable, just a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah, I feel like with with how they design <laughs> the enemies, you could put that in and have it be a useful tool without it yeah. making it too easy by a long shot. Yeah, Hubert, I would love it if Jill could maybe like push him away. You know, but mm-hmm. you've got to get that timing right. Like well, it's a risk versus reward type seven thing. Seven had like the defense thing. You could like kind of block or something. Yeah, they could do yeah. something like that where you take like less. Yeah. I appreciate your headcanon Hebrew, but when I think about like the <laughs> weapons that Leon and Claire use and yeah. the the situations that they have to quickly piece together. Yeah. Like they could move to the side. Yeah, they <laughs> they're they're they smart could. enough to do headcanon that. though, man. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go with Huber on this one. The first day on the job. The first day, yeah. Little got some nerves. Mm-hmm. Really cramped hallways. Yeah, <laughs> tight spaces, man. <laughs> it's it's weird. I don't even feel like Resident Evil Two Remake is a remake to me. And yeah. that's a, that's that kind of sounds dumb, but it it feels like Resident Evil Eight. I just feel like uh, there's so much in here that feels like a, a, a step ahead, and we haven't even talked about the map. I know the map is so good. Yeah. And I want more games to use it. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those things where when you see it, you're like, why haven't we been doing this yeah. forever. forever? And uh, what I mean by that is you, you will go and you'll, when you get to a new area, you got to find a map. Not that hard to do. Um, but if you have everything in a room, in a section, 
it will color itself blue mm-hmm. and it'll be red and it'll say still searching. Yeah. Um, and if you've like laid eyes on something like a box of handgun ammo, it'll be like, hey, when you open your map, you'll see that this is there. And it just, it makes so much sense in a survival horror game where re- they, they strap you with resources so hard. Like you, you go through so many bullets uh, as you're just trying to learn the game that uh, having this little thing that you can rely on makes it a smoother experience, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make it easy. It's not like you're swimming in ammo. Yeah. I was yeah. never swimming in ammo, I felt like. I yeah. th- it was really great like on puzzles like really, where, where you needed like to use an item somewhere yes you'd be like oh that's where it is because i remember when i was playing through the original one i was like dude i don't remember where the hell that was where yeah. am i going i'd be lost like 30 minutes yeah you can get lost for sure but it's like here it's like hey you can use the like a hydrant here or something or something yeah. to turn something here and i like that it it holds your hand kind of sure it's like hey there's some stuff in there so obviously you got to go look but it doesn't It'll still be blue even if there are like files there. Yeah, yeah. you know which I, which I like. It's like oh, these files well, are still like, like hidden. Did you for somebody like you, uh, resi- the, our Resident Evil aficionado? Was it too much? Was it too much help? Yes and no. Sometimes I feel like I kept like I would go into a room and like map, pick something up. Mm-hmm. Map is it blue yet? You know, it was maybe mm-hmm. a little too much where yes, yeah. I, I kind of lost that natural exploration of a room it made it maybe a little mechanical i see but i still it didn't bother me you just know? probably needed a tweaker so yeah yeah i felt like okay. maybe i got a little too reliant on it sure. and it kind of you know just like a little too much open map i, close, I think the game makes close. up for it maybe not all the way but a lot by everything just being more challenging i felt yes. like like this is way harder than the yeah. original one it yeah. feels like way harder hardcore is like the hardest resident yeah. evil i've ever played that's that's where I was coming from. Uh, where uh, there would be uh, specifically with Mister X, and he'd be chasing you. Just the fact that I knew that stuff was there, but I'd have to deal with Mister X. Yeah. Like it had a whole another mind game. Or it's like if I didn't know that it was there, I wouldn't even think about True. having to deal with that threat. Right. The so, library is like a big room where it's like, dude, I gotta get in there. I hate that <laughs> library, man. I because it's just I need to get in there and I just need to slide these things and it just keeps That's coming. Me, yeah. yeah, I yeah, cleared yeah. out that room early though. I was happy. Nice. Smart. Like, I was happy, like, clearing stuff out in this game. I was yeah, like, oh, I my God, that. it helped so much. Yeah. I hate that library, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another thing, man, it's just like, I feel like you could drill down into the minutia of Resident Evil 2 Remake and walk, walk away with, impressed with everything <laughs> because even, so you can, you can stun Mr. X. You can make him take a knee mm-hmm. uh, for a little bit of time. But boy, it's not very much time. Nope. It, it's the perfect amount of time for you to feel like a split second of relief and then immediate panic and regret that you use that ammo. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's perfect. Like, it's just like they're conducting a symphony of, of, of like emotions through the mechanics of this game. And it's amazing. Yeah, it's max mental damage, man. Yeah. I was it standing is. in a room like this and I just heard thump, thump. Oh, the sound like, design. God, Unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love the defense herb, too. I thought it was a great addition. Yeah, it's a really cool addition, yes, too. Yes, yeah, yes. I love that. Yeah. Uh, like, knowing when to... Cause you, yeah, because you, you get in a tricky situation, like, maxing... Making it as efficient as possible. Mm-hmm. It's like, do I make a red, blue, and a green for full health and full defense? Or do I just do... Red and blue. Or a red and blue for defense, because sometimes... I would be, I would have my defensive buff, 
and you just want to get But hit. I would be low on health, but then I would only have another red, blue, and green that would like stack on top, you know, so I'd be, I'd be wasting mm-hmm. that blue herb on that. So it's like knowing when to make just the defensive one versus like a, a red and a green heal. I, I love that. Um, I, I had a weird experience with the defensive herbs. Early on, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. This will give me a defense buff. Mm-hmm. And I would try to like preemptively pop it, be like, okay, I'm surely I'm going to get into some nasty stuff and end up not. And just yeah. like having most of the thing run down without running into totally. anything. So that was kind of a bummer. But you're just learning, and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. With Claire B, I did get to a point where I was, I never felt like I was uh, lacking in either herbs or, or first aid sprays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of them. Yeah. And uh, that could be an argument, I think, for your map thing, mm-hmm. where I was, like, methodically going through totally. every room. Uh, but, yeah, just because I had so many, I needed to combine, and so I ended up having a ton of red and green and blue herbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I made so many, specifically yeah. in Claire B. The, well. the beautiful thing about hardcore is that one, when you take a bite, you're on danger immediately. Yeah. So oh, defense. Really? Yeah. So defense herbs are huge, essential. And then also because you have to use ink ribbons to save those ink ribbons, take the place of ammo and health pickups. Mm-hmm. So where an herb would be, now it's an ink ribbon instead. Okay, great. <laughs> so it's like you need more health and you're getting less. So I great. really want to try. I haven't. So I've just been playing on standard uh, for Leon A. Claire B. And I really want to try hardcore because I feel like uh, by the end of Claire B, I was just like, okay, I've learned a lot. Like yeah. I'm, I'm getting through this now, uh, not by the skin of my teeth, but like I'm, I'm handling these situations. Mm-hmm. I feel like hardcore would be like playing for the first time all over again. Like yeah. things just take so much damage, do so much damage mm-hmm. uh, that it'd be exciting. Yeah. Don't know if I'd want to do it for my first time because yeah. I feel like no. standard was like a pretty standard reasonable challenge. Standard was really good, yeah. Uh, Damiani's beaten through. this game 15 times. That's crazy. It has it, to be clear. This game, it's not like this game has been out for months no. or even a month. No. It hasn't been out that long. Uh, but kudos to him, man. Yeah, he's professional for playing it. He's going to train me, dude. He's coming stream. after you, man, yeah. for your throne. <laughs> We're gonna, he's going to train me. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I knew this podcast was going to be a lot of Resident Evil 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3. I, I knew that going in. Uh, the main event. The main, yeah. The it's a special month. <laughs> Hell of a month, man. Hell of a month. Talk to me when we get through March. <laughs> that conversation. Oh, baby. Uh, what comes out in March? Devil May Cry 5. Devil May Cry 5. And Sekiro? Yeah. Yes. Both? Both. What a showdown, dude. Yep. What's what, the, DMC? No showdown. It is. Friendly give Alliance. Me, give me full <laughs> servings of both. DMC's yeah. like the fifth or something or fourth? Uh, I think DMC 5 is the ninth. So That's a guess. Sekiro is like the 22nd, I think. Oh, so we got time. You got time. Nice. You got time to play Devil May Cry. Dude, it's time to, it's time to boot up uh, Dante's Awakening. Is that what it's called? Three? Dante's Awakening. Uh, Devil, I just refer to it as DMC3. Yeah. Dante's... Yeah, I think it is Dante's Awakening. Dante's Inferno? I never refer <laughs> to it... Okay, I was a day off. It's March 8th, 2019. Nice. Okay. But yes, I think time. it is Dante's Awakening. Yeah, I gotta play right. three again before. I, I must. Three is my favorite one. Three has, like, my favorite boss fights in any video game. I know. Yeah. You at once yeah. told me that the only game you would give <laughs> yeah, a 10 yeah. was Devil May Cry 3. When did I say that? I Before feel like that, yeah, it's that, away, you're right. It's Dante's Awakening. Those were the early days of me and you knowing each other at GT. Talking about 10s and stuff. 
That was when I was obsessed with a game getting a 10 because The Last of Us didn't get a 10. Mm-hmm. So then you and I just would always talk about like our favorite games and what's 10. And you you were like, dude, really? The only game I would give a 10? Yeah, Devil May Cry 3 was kind of a, an informative experience for me because when I first played it, on that initial version, and what a lot of people said is like, oh my god, this game is too hard. And I felt that. It just felt like a brick wall. And I just couldn't do it. Um, and like, I, it was like something where like you, you played it and you appreciated it as much as you could. And then uh, they came out with it on PS3. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to play through Devil May Cry 3. And it was really hard, but it was hard in a way that it just made you master its mechanics Love that. and I felt like when I got through the battles it was like no it I wasn't cheesing it I wasn't doing anything lame it's just these bosses had enough attacks that pushed me in a way where I just had to do it really really well like you couldn't shortcut it you couldn't shortchange it and so like it was demanding that you rise to that level and then when you got there you felt a level of respect and it was just like climbing a mountain, yeah. and I think that's why I, I have such a respect for for DMC three. And I think DMC four is great as well. It's just like there are things on the side that DMC four gets wrong. Like it's kind of a bummer uh, the way they split yes. up that game and and yes, how much ground you retread. Whereas I don't think DMC three has that problem. But, I love yeah. when a boss fight makes you sweat, like <laughs> actually sweat, like sweating. Like you're halfway through a boss fight, you're whittling them down. Mm-hmm. You just, My, you just feel one like. of the most intense feelings <laughs> is when the boss is low, oh, but God. you're also low. Oh, I hate it. And you make a split it. decision of like, I have to go all in right here yeah. or it's over. Yeah. But on the opposite end of that, a terrible feeling <laughs> this is when you die. Is, uh, you only have one wh- left. Well, because it's hard for me sometimes to overcome that mental barrier of like when you get close, when you, when you know that there's a sliver. There's just like a part of me that kicks in and is like, go nuts, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just brute force it. Uh, and sometimes that'll get you killed and you'll feel real bad. Yeah. Yeah, that Damn. happens to me Damn. for sure. Yeah. Dude, I really want Dante and Smash so we can get Dante and Bayonetta. It would just be cool. It would be cool. It would be cool. Yeah. It would be cool. Uh, I feel bad that I like. I never, refer, I never refer to DMC three as full title. I feel, I feel bad that I didn't get Dante's Awakening. Right. Well, I, I don't know why I said it. To I be never fair, do. I haven't heard someone say Dante's, I Awakening, said Dante's since Awakening since it came out. Yeah. You just, you're like, gotta boot up Dante's Awakening. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah when he said that to me, I was I like, don't know where I it came that. from. Is this like, yeah. is this like some secret DMC anime that you're watching? I only ever say DMC three. I don't know why it came out. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. I should have known. D- Devil May Cry three know. Dante's Awakening special edition. Yeah. Long title, yeah. I uh, in the lead up to five, I want to play them all. Go That's right, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Um, because Capcom, baby, yeah, yeah, Capcom remake two and Devil May Cry five months apart. What yeah. year is this? <laughs> I don't know, they've been Where doing very well are recently, we, dude. You, right now you want to be careful right because i I think it's easy (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we've had it happen to us like on camera where we we go through we definitely are victim to honeymoon phases of games where and i'm victim to it where it's like oh i'm in the moment i love this this is the greatest thing and you haven't fully processed it yet Mm -hmm. 
But I'm pretty damn sure Resident Evil 2 remakes a classic. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think I'd be willing to go to bat for that. Like, it's holding up. It's good. I, I think we're going to be talking about this game for a while. For a long time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a classic. Probably until they remake it again in like 20 years. Remake 3 has got to be coming. Yes, of course they're. Well, I wonder if, if they'll Three move on to. <laughs> I wonder if they'll move on to 8. Of course, there will probably be eight first, then go back to three. Yeah. I wonder if eight's going to be VR first person. Oh, so many questions. So many possibilities. Revelation still needs a, it's gonna be a proper wrap-up. I think the frustrating thing about Resident Evil, and maybe something that is uh, like damaging to it in a way, is they've done so many different things so well mm-hmm. that when it comes to Resident Evil 8, you kind of want it to be all of them, mm-hmm. but it obviously can't be. They have right. to pick a direction. Totally. Because, um, like, yeah, I'd be kind of bummed if it there wasn't a VR section just because of... Seven. Of seven, yeah. Yeah. But let's move on. Let's talk about another heavy hitter. The other pillar of this episode. Uh, yeah, you got the right panel for this. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, this, this will not be a frame trap where we talk about a ton of games, but we will talk about the ones that we do talk about hard, hopefully. Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, again, just because... Huber, you're, you're pretty early He's on. He's very yeah, early. Early on, I'm like four hours. He's very early. Four still. hours. Yeah. Uh, I'm This weekend, I'm going to charge through. Conversing with Brad, mm-hmm. I am at the end. You're, yeah. You're um, like the home stretch. And Brad has finished. Yes. Um, so, Brad, I'm going to throw the same question to you that I did to Huber. Okay. And that was, you have, this, this game has kind of been your holy grail in a lot of ways. It's, it's the game that I think you kind of have wanted above all others for a long time. Mm-hmm. Or at least, you know, definitely Yeah, up like there. top of the list, yeah. And uh, this game has been a long time coming. So beyond, I guess, just the quality of the game itself, how has it felt to kind of like finally have this moment? It's felt very good. It's given me closure in my life. You know, because I've been running with this story since this whole scenario, since I was 15 years old, came out. And I'm 31 now. And it's like, it just now culminated. Like, I'm like living to, like, it's kind of like a moment I never thought I would see just because of the long waits. Yeah. Just the things that have happened. And it's just, it just finally happened. And I feel great. Like, I don't feel sad or anything when it was done. I felt good. Brad, when I finished Kingdom Hearts 1, I think I, I think I was a ho- sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. Like around that time, mm-hmm. give or take a year or two. Um, and it is, it, sometimes it's odd because it, it's not like Kingdom Hearts 3 is, is a new Final Fantasy game where you're Correct. kind of appreciating it on its own terms. You are in a way, but it, it, is, it is continuing a story that you've been experiencing for 17 years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, did that feel weird at all to you? Was there like, did you appreciate it differently now that you're much older versus when you experienced it at a very young age? Or like how I look at the story? I'm not sure. Yeah, just, just not, not just the story, but just like Kingdom Hearts. Like, does it does it excite you in the same way? Are there new things that you've appreciated? You know, just because of where you are in life. Well, I'll say the the thing that got me excited about Kingdom Hearts originally when I first saw a magazine was the idea of these crossovers. Yes, but that's now what got the me. most important thing to me is what the game brings that's original to itself. Mm-hmm. So, like th- its own characters and stuff like that. That's the most exciting stuff to me. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, 
it's not that I didn't enjoy the combat, but I didn't. Oh, it sure. wasn't. It wasn't like why I was there. Absolutely. I, I wanted to see what new Final Fantasy characters they were going to bring. I wanted to yeah. see like how they were going to introduce the Disney worlds. But I, I think that's the thing for me that I've come to appreciate, uh, especially recently, is how much I enjoy the combat mm-hmm. and how much thought is put into it. Yeah. Um, and how it it kind of has a very unique flavor of action RPG yes, that it, no one else has. It definitely reminds me of Versus 13, of what we originally saw of that game. Mm. I'm seeing things where I'm like, ah, it's in here now. Yeah, there's <laughs> one thing in particular that I yeah, won't spoil. But like, yeah. the, like, I'm talking about like a combat situation itself. Like, I sure. remember seeing old footage of uh, Versus 13, and Kingdom Hearts kind of looks like that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, boy, it is a looker, isn't it? Yes, it's a very good looking game. Yeah. I would say, I mean, on its own, it's beautiful, but I think just like, from where we've come from that series, it's mostly been around like the PS2 handheld kind of area. So they've kind of looked like that way for years, like decades, I would say. Right. But now we're like finally on a current gen uh, console. Like we skipped all of PS3 and Xbox 360. Yeah. We're just like skyrocketing to Xbox One and PS4. And it's like, whoa, this looks crazy. It's kind of awesome and surreal where uh, you're going to these different Disney worlds and Mm -hmm. it's not like, Oh, okay. I I am playing through this video game Kingdom Hearts interpretation of this world. Like, Things look so good that right. it's like, no, it's kind of like they just took that from the movie screen mm-hmm. and put it here and I'm playing. Yeah, it. they like blend in the characters with the movie kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, they do that really well. Um like there was times when I was just like watching cutscenes in this game and like specific moments where I was just like, Whoa. Yeah. This looks crazy. Yeah, it really does enhance the storytelling to to a pretty ridiculous degree mm-hmm. um, because when you go through some of those other games, just due to the limitations of the right, tech that they're yeah. using, mm-hmm. they just don't animate as fluidly. Their emotions aren't being expressed as convincingly, whereas here, mm-hmm. you just get so much more um, that I do think it, it makes the storytelling better overall. Uh, I want to talk to you, okay, uh, n- not just like how it feels now that we're finally here, but did this do it for you? Yes. You know, after all this buildup, did yes. it satisfy yes, you? Yes, it did. Okay. I was very happy, very happy with how it ended. Huber, uh, you've gone through uh, all the Kingdom Hearts games relatively recently. Uh, Took years, but yeah, yeah relatively. Yeah. Chipping away. I just finished Dream Dr- or 2.8, the 2.8 package mm-hmm. like a couple months ago. Yeah. So. Yeah, recent. And you're you're still early on in the game, yeah. but uh, I would argue that Kingdom Hearts 3 kind of opens with a bang. There's a lot that you take in, even mm-hmm. in the first few hours. Mm-hmm. What are your first impressions of Kingdom Hearts 3 so far? <laughs> High stakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Love it. You know, it it is unapologetically 3. Mm-hmm. It is, yo, everything you played before, everything led up to this moment. So this game like starts with all the chips in place, you know? So I yeah. feel like right from the get-go, um, the stakes are high mm-hmm. and, and the the mission you are on is extremely mm-hmm. compelling. So yeah, man, I love it. Like immediate tears with the opening cinematic. Like face your fears or whatever, that mm-hmm. song, and it's like going through the whole timeline. Yeah. 
Like, that's it. I was like, I, I set the controller down. I was like, dude, so, uh, can't handle it. <laughs> when, I, when I first heard Face Your Fears. Yeah, dude. Because I'm not the biggest dubstep fan. Mm-hmm. Me, nor am I. I. The first time I heard it, my, my initial action was like strong negative. Mm. Really didn't like it. Did they it. release it before the cin- the cinematic with it? They like released the song? They did like, I think I, it was I, with I, the, I just heard the song on its own. I, think it was I didn't okay. watch They the did cinematic. like a trailer at okay. first. I, I can't tell you the okay. order in which it was released, but Got I it. just heard the track on its own. Got it. Really didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Now I love it. Yeah, now I'm listening to it like <laughs> yeah. pretty much daily. I, I really like it a lot. It's grown on me a lot. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's not like overbearing dubstep at all or anything like that. It, it, I would like throw it in the more than just the general EDM era or category, but yeah. like it's not as like wah, 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 like as insane as like other Skrillex stuff he used to do. Yeah, I, I think just for me, it was so different it's a from, rapid departure from yes. what one and two were i will say that but at the same time i really appreciated that it was very different from one and two right right right, but, right. i mean this game has two themes listen i that initial impression was wrong that song <laughs> that song is great oh for sure i mean yeah. i could totally see it. it's just it's just really different yeah absolutely and this game just, just it just gives you two themes in this game though. it's, it's just, just like, like epic watching the uh just the timeline you know yeah you're seeing everything you've done so um, i'm a sucker for that yeah really. I'll I, weep for that every time. <laughs> I, I don't want to get into the, the Kingdom Hearts 3 story like at all. I, right. I think it should be treated as a precious thing mm-hmm. for reasons that I yes. want to get into. 100%. Um, so my, my, I couldn't explain it to you if I tried anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Huber, I kind of feel like I'm at a point where I almost could. Yeah, but me and but, Ben have been talking. Yeah. When he like makes progress, we talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, my experience with Kingdom Hearts has been all over the place. So I've played through one and two and Dream Drop Distance, and just recently, Birth I played. Th- I, well, I played through the Terra storyline. Okay. And I'm at the end of Ventus's storyline. So you didn't do Aquas? I haven't done Aquas. Okay. Um, Aquas. So that's that's my experience with Kingdom Hearts. So I didn't play Chain of Memories. Didn't play Coded. Didn't play. I I started three, five, eight days over two, and was like, no, I just, yeah. just wasn't watch it. wasn't feeling it. Yeah, so I need to watch it, dude. I played all of those because when I I played them when they came out, there was no movies, and when they made a movie, yeah. I was like, thank God. Yeah, and I think you just kept telling me how lucky I was, bro. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're like, you're, you're stoked. So <laughs> it wasn't until doing research and watching a mm-hmm. lot of the many excellent videos that are on YouTube about Kingdom Hearts, um, and playing Kingdom mm-hmm. Hearts three, that I I think I completely grasped how important literally everything everything, everything? Is. Like yeah nothing and i mean this this is not an exaggeration it feels like everything is vital in some way uh, yeah. and i feel like kingdom hearts 3 really makes that evident and so i'm glad that that a i've played what i've played and b i've done so much research because i feel like kingdom hearts 3 is respecting the story that it built up yeah, and it's it's so far haven't seen the very end yet. It's not taking any easy ways out. It feels like it's it's constantly calling back to things, constantly reminding you of things, constantly trying to tie as many things together um, in a way that's pretty fascinating and makes it fun to go down the rabbit hole. Mm. You, know, you always hear how convoluted it Kingdom Hearts is, and I've been guilty of this. I mean, it, it is. It is. It is convoluted. <laughs> it is. But I. But like. It's convoluted, it feels like, with a point, because I feel like before I would dismiss it as like, oh, it's convoluted. 
in a way that it's not enjoyable. But if you make that effort, mm-hmm. I feel like Kingdom Hearts 3 is a better game yes, for it. Yes, it is. Um, and, yeah, uh, it, I, I like that it's rewarding that effort and it's making me want to go and mm-hmm. play even more and know even more. And so I think that's all I'm trying to say is I think that's a credit to Kingdom Hearts 3 story is that it's been really fun for me trying to piece this all together because mm-hmm. the payoff is there. Mm-hmm. Love um, it. And so that's really cool. Yeah. Love any story in a franchise that makes you work for it. I love it. Yeah. Even like the MCU, man, like, you know, there's so much of it and like, yeah, it's, Infinity Stones, whatever, but there's still a lot of little things that you can pick out if you take a little extra time. Same with Resident Evil, you know, you pick some documents and well, it's not as convoluted as Kingdom Hearts, you <laughs> still, I love putting in the extra work to really get a grasp on the lore. So I'm with you to a point, but I feel like I've had some bad experiences where it, it, it not that it's punished that effort, but it didn't quite live up to... What was put in? Mm-hmm. I think Metal Gear Solid has been like that sometimes. I give Phantom Pain a, a, a pass because of the situation, but yeah. But you still you still feel that, you right? You still like, feel the burn. Like, yeah, I feel you, the burn. I feel the burn. You you kind of it's like you you kind of go in expecting something, and it's like ah, it's not quite there. There are things that I appreciate about Phantom Pain's story. There are decisions made that I think are interesting, but it doesn't quite give you that like whole feeling, right? Mm-hmm. It used to. Right, exactly, exactly. Whereas, like, you finish Metal Gear Solid 3, Yo. you're like, you're as full yeah. as full can be. And 4. I, Dude, I, I, when yeah, I finished Metal 4, four, and four, and four, four, yeah, I felt really It's kind of a Kingdom Hearts 3 yes. moment. Yeah, where it is. There, it is. Like, the payoffs There are everything. a lot of great things in 4. Yeah. There's, like, there, there's a few things about Metal Gear Solid 4 that drive me insane to this day. <laughs> but, yes, uh, there are they're definitely... Sure, yeah. Oh, man, like... Yes. yes. I won't get into it, but yes, That's, there are things yes. in Metal Gear Solid 4 that are amazing. Dude, anyway, Left Alive, I hope it's good. Um, Me too. It, oh, I've been burned before. I even feel like like Mass Effect to a degree. There, there was a bunch of weird feelings in Mass Effect 3 that I mm. had where I was like, this this doesn't seem quite right. And obviously, of course, that is also colored by the, the huge controversy of the ending. And so it's just nice... And, you know, we'll see if it sticks to the landing for me. But, but Kingdom Hearts 3 has, like, made me excited to just, like, be a fan of this thing. Not yeah. just, like, I'm playing this game, feels, but I want to know it more. It feels good because you're there with me now. Nothing pleases me more than Ben just, like, <laughs> asking me questions. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> just randomly, I'll, I'll send, like, a really intense, like, no build-up question to Brad on Slack. I'll be like, all right, so what about this thing at this specific moment? Why did this happen? I'm like, oh, I hope that wasn't. Two out of left field. And I just he go, handles it like a champ. Because he, 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 he said something to me, and I was like, so where are you at the game? He's like, I'm here. I'm like, okay, just keep playing. And that was the right response yeah, yeah. because the question did, was did get answered. Um, My favorite thing is when both of you guys were like, how do you stop Mr. X? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I just, I was I like, just didn't I, respond. I was like, can I stop this I'm guy? Because like, yeah. Nemesis, you could bring down and get like some ammo or whatever. Yeah. No, not anymore. Um, Huber, Huber, Huber. So... Myself, Brad, and Ian have all separately messaged you. How do you stop Mr. How X? do you stop Mr. Yeah. X? <laughs> yes. Without talking to each Without other. Just a natural it. thing that happened. Yes. yes. Okay. Back to Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, How good's that music? Huh? In Kingdom Hearts 3. The music's very so good. Freaking good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just want to listen to the music forever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Forever. I was trying to see if I could buy the soundtrack today. Yeah, give me I did that too. I went on iTunes. <laughs> I was like, can I buy this yet? Oh. I, <laughs> I was thinking about it. Like, I need to make a playlist, but I haven't. 
I haven't made a playlist in so long. I haven't even like connected my phone to my computer in years. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't do that anymore. Yeah. I just use Apple Music. So, uh, but the gameplay I want to talk about with yes. Kingdom Hearts Three. Yeah. Uh, because that's also been a bit of a, a, an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. for me. So playing Birth by Sleep, Brad, yes. I was like, oh, oh, this combat is sick. Yeah. I, I really got into it. I, I've been playing uh, Birth by Sleep on standard, and I was like, you know, I've I've been enjoying the combat so much. I'm going to play Kingdom Hearts Three on proud. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And then I was like, oh, this is this is super easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm at a point now where I do feel like the boss fights are, are pushing back a little bit, uh, but it is definitely easier yeah. than I was expecting. Me too. And initially that was disappointing. However, I kind of adopted a new mindset, and it made me appreciate it in a different way because something I respect about Kingdom Hearts 3, and again, not getting into specifics, Kingdom Hearts 3 gives you like an absurd amount of, of things to yeah. mess around with. Yeah. You get so many abilities, you get so many keyblades, you get so many links, mm-hmm. and like all of these keyblades have different forms Form, and you can use them in different multiple ways. Forms. And so that to me is where a lot of the fun is coming is just... I feel like every time, not every time, but like essentially every time I level up or every time I clear a major story section, I have a substantial new thing to mess around with. So much so that I'll get through a fight and I'll be like, ah, I meant to try that new thing yeah. and totally forget. Yeah. And so from that perspective, uh, I think it's pretty fun. But yeah, yeah. What did you? What were your thoughts uh, on the difficulty? Really loved it. Oh, the difficulty, uh, easier than when I compared to the other games. It, it seemed easier. I don't yeah. know. But, for uh, me too, right? For, yeah, it seemed easier, which is, like, fine for when I was playing it. I was just playing on normal just for the review. Sure. I definitely want to go back and do, like, proud for stuff like that. But I was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty easy. But, like, I'm kind of a veteran at this point of the series. Like, I've played a lot of them on critical. Right. So I kind of, like, know what to expect. Do you think they'll add a critical for three? I hope so. Yeah. I hope they patch it in or something. I mean, they're patching yeah. stuff in, mm-hmm. like, movies and stuff in the game. So hopefully they do stuff like that. Um, Brad, Kingdom Hearts 3 is a very flashy game. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities the, to... Like, one of the most flashy games I've ever played in my life. Yes. Uh, a lot of opportunities to to push Triangle and have a bunch of crazy like fire, stuff Like happen. I feel like there's just fireworks blowing up constantly, constantly around me. Really glad just you can turn those just, off. Yeah, I'm, you can skip I'm, all the animations. I'm thinking about it. Like, but I, I don't want to miss some that well, are cool. You should, like, your first time, you should kind of yeah. see them. Yeah. But yeah. like switching like Keyblades really, or like the form really fast is really great later on in the attractions. Because sometimes, like, they are kind of show buddy, which is cool, mm-hmm. but you can turn them off. <laughs> the attractions, man. Yeah. The water one. And, like, the team up attack, dude. <laughs> like, the first thing you, you launch with Goofy and you, like, throw him on the ground. Like, yeah. when that happened, I was like, dude, this <laughs> yeah. is the best. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> I feel like in Kingdom Hearts, sometimes there, I, I appreciate that you go to a new world and they try a new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Sometimes it sure. just doesn't, it just doesn't click in a way Monstro. or it goes on for a way. So, like, uh, yeah, Monstro is a good example. Yes, Monstro got got a little old. Yeah, right. uh, just okay. visually. Yeah, okay. So they try a, a bunch of different things in Kingdom Hearts three that are brand new and unique to each world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like people are going to complain about a lot of these things, but I, for the most part, really appreciated them because they all feel like significantly different mm-hmm. A and B. I, I feel like nothing has lasted me too long. Correct. Like I feel like. 
if it's something that I was really worried about that was going to take a long time, like you have to collect a lot of something at one point. And I was like, oh, oh, this is going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Not that bad. No, pretty fast. A few minutes later, yeah, you're through pretty it, fast. and it's fine. And it's like, oh, I actually got to yeah, explore a lot while I was doing this. Each world kind of throws usually one unique thing at you, unique to that world. Yeah, and so there, there hasn't really been any world uh, that I have didn't like. And I said in my review, like, some of the best worlds in the entire series. Yes. When I look back at like how they implement the actual Disney aspects of the game and like the going through the world themselves, like I love Birth by Sleep, but mm-hmm. some of the areas are just really tiny rooms. They are. They are. And like the Not only do you get yeah. through the worlds extremely fast, it's it really does feel sometimes yeah. like there like are a couple just of rooms stitched bolt together. Through that stuff yes. really yes. really fast. And like yes. some of them are kinda like kinda boring. Like the the Stitch one is, like, not one of my oh, favorite ones. Ship. Yeah, yeah not dude. really a fan of that one. Yeah, the thing for Birth by Sleep is it's, like, if you're not into the combat, there's there's almost right. nothing else. Correct. Beyond yeah. the story and the characters, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But just in terms of, of gameplay. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I want to talk about with Kingdom Hearts 3 is these worlds feel expansive. Dude, yes. Um, they're, uh, they're way bigger than they've ever been. Yeah, I, I think, I think like, sprawling might be a, a I, touch too much. I don't want to talk about, like... What like there is, but some of the later worlds are massive. Like yeah. the stuff you can do is like massive. Where I was just like, "What? How is this so big?" And what I'm allowed to do here? Right. Um, and that has been really fun. Just searching for chest. Like, yep. Loves th- again. Chest. Uh, we I kind of brought this up with Dragon Quest Eleven, and I feel like it's a it's a similar feeling here. Where something I loved about Dragon Quest Eleven is it felt like there were things to find in the world, and it was rewarding to make the effort to kind of you know run all the way around and, and yeah. try to get as much as you can, but there wasn't so much stuff that you yeah. hated it. Kingdom Hearts 3 is kind of giving me a similar feeling where it's yeah. like, oh, I can I can collect these ingredients. I can break through these rocks. I can open these chests. Um, is there a way to bring up the map full screen no. or just in That's the corner? Right? No, and okay. it, it no. why? I don't know why. <laughs> why? I don't know why, but no, you can't. Um, Again, I think it's a design thing. You know, It brings me back to Resident Evil 2 where it's that over-reliance on the map and you just keep... Getting in your menu, getting in your menu, bring up the map, bring up the map, and the fact that it's I just sh- there. The thing is, I will say, keeps, keeps you kind focused. Of in defense of but it. I mean, my argument to that is, then you just have an over reliance on the mini map, and it feels less yeah. elegant than just being yeah. able to pull the full thing. What I will see yeah. with my experience with the game is how there was moments where I was like, oh, I wish I could just see the whole map. I don't feel like the layouts are necessarily too complex. Where I was like, I need to look at a map. Mm-hmm. I would say the game or a lot of the areas themselves are very distinct so I could kind of understand where I'm going. There's a few instances where I was like, where am I right now? Kind of thing like that. But a lot of time I knew where I was just by how the layout was because it was so different compared to everything else. Yeah. Like the toy store, like, that's early on. You know, yeah, yeah. You, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, like, you're fine. You could figure it out. You're okay. But there's like a few Dude, moments. that world is sick. <laughs> yeah, it's real sick. Yeah. But there's a few, like, parting up with Buzz and, like, Woody is the dopest thing ever. Like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. Um, no slam to the voice actor. I don't I don't think, like, the vo- isn't it Tom Hanks' brother? That's what I heard. Woody? I didn't Colin look Hanks? it up. No, Colin or Hanks' son. son. I heard that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's not true. But Woody has been... I think the only performance so far where I'm like, this is not mm. quite doing it for me. Yeah. It wasn't so bad that I didn't like it. It just wasn't insane uh, problem here in the first world. Did I say Tommy's? I meant brother. Sorry. I, I said his son. You were right. Okay. You said yeah, yeah. You said, yeah. 
uh, a character shows up <laughs> that is yeah. like a staple in this franchise, and he doesn't say one word. I assume he they didn't get him. So yeah, I didn't do it. It really oh, bugged me. Oh, it I was know who you're so talking about. awkward. It was like, dude, just like, yeah, he didn't like erase him out. Then, yeah, like, don't have him here. I feel like I feel like we can say this character. It is it is within the first little yeah, bit of the game. It's in the very beginning. It's yeah. the Olympus. It's the, Phil. Phil. It's Phil. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Phil's just like. It, it's, it's so, so awkward. Weird. It's so awkward. So like, awkward. They, they kind of like cut to him, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, this is where he's gonna like chime in." Yeah, he doesn't say, he doesn't anything. say a word. Yeah, Maybe yeah. because like in two, it was infamous the line like, "Get off the hydrant," like because he would never shut up. And Demora's like, "You know what? Okay, fine. He's just not gonna say a word now." Yeah, it's just it's just weird because Phil has been so important and yeah. so involved in that world. Yeah. But it, it was, like, but it was funny. Phil was always like, like kind of in the the realm of training you to be a hero, but when you come to this world, you are the hero. Yeah. Like you're well, already. I would argue that the whole point you're coming there is because yeah. I know. Yensid's like I'm just doing a Michael Huber headcanon okay. right. situation you're right trying here. To, trying yeah. to rationalize it. Still, even like oh, you're so strong now. Yeah. Like, you could get anyone to yeah do that. <laughs> but can you like replace it's Danny so DeVito? So funny. I'm glad you said that. I think it was Danny DeVito. Phil? Yeah. Danny DeVito. Vito? It's Phil, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What? Um, beyond Yeah, the crazy. penguin, man. Crazy. Had beyond, no idea. Are you sure? Yes. yes. Wow. Beyond uh, collecting things, mm -hmm. like like items and stuff, I do think Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, does a pretty good, or or at the very least decent job, of having like little ways that you can interact with the world to just make it feel more alive, where you're like, oh, this is going on. Like, these people mm -hmm. are acting here in this specific way, or I can spin on this barrel and they'll respond to it. Um, and the fact that, like, whoever you talk to is voiced. Like, there's just all yeah. of these things that, that, I don't know. I feel like for a lot of other Kingdom Hearts places, they kind of just felt like... Empty? Attractions or rides, whereas these really do feel, feel like, like worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, maybe it's just because I was playing Birth by Sleep before, but it's like, oh, it's nice that this is longer than a half hour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love just like a little moment that game is with the camera. Like yes. I was just like oh, doing yeah. around Selfie, and like, I went dude. over someone. Okay, can you speed up the like horizontal and vertical spin uh, of the camera? I don't know. Because there are some times where I just want to like go and like look around. Like uh, fast? I'm not sure. But it's so yeah. slow. Yeah, I'm not it's sure. It's so slow. But like the characters all have like unique dialogue for like when you have the camera on them or Dude, something yeah, like Goofy's that. Yeah, Goofy's like, hey, yeah, take a picture yeah, or some stuff so like that. Awesome. It's like just a little tiny thing like that I loved. <sighs> Brad, <laughs> it's really good. Mm -hmm. It's a really good game. Yeah. I feel confident in saying that. I just kind of, like I have with Resident Evil 2 Remake right now, where when it's over, like, how long are we going to have to wait yeah. for more Kingdom Hearts? I, I don't know, man. Like, they're on Unreal Engine now. Like, Square Enix isn't messing around necessarily as much with, like, random BS engines they couldn't get to work. So hopefully that speeds up the process. Yeah. Yo, as can long we, can as we farm the RE like, engine Like, if they stop, places? like, surprise, like throwing Nomura as director on games when he doesn't know it, maybe we'll get him more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Instead of being like, oh, hey, now you're working on Final Fantasy VII mm -hmm. when he didn't know about it. And like versus 13, whatever that fiasco was going on there. So that probably tied up a lot of three like actually coming out. So hopefully they've like learned, because they said like the PS3 era was kind of like a weird Square Enix time, as you know. It was a weird time. It was a weird time for like a lot of Japanese games, I would say. Brad, um... 
a, a question that I think is is incredibly common, and rightfully so. You, you mm-hmm. hear us talking about Kingdom Hearts 3 on Frame Trap. We're yes. excited. We're yeah, yeah, into yeah. it. You know, we're, we're gushing about it uh, in some instances. And they go, man, I really want to play this, but I don't have time to play everything. Yeah. Should I do it? What would you say to them? I would say if you want the most out of the game, yes. You can have fun. Like, if you don't care necessarily about learning the story, you could have just go have fun playing through Disney World. You yeah. know, like, oh, cool, I'm going to play through this Disney World and have a great time doing that. But if you want, like, the full experience what the game is actually trying to do, like, because a lot of the game is it's, it's self-story. Like, Disney Worlds are always a big part, but, like, this is the end, the end of this whole buildup. I would say, if you want the most out of it, then yeah, you should. Yeah, I agree. And especially with you. Like, if you love Disney. Yeah, and I would say Square's done a good job of trying to like accommodate for that. Yeah. They've released like, all, you can get all the stories now on current gen consoles. Like they've made the effort. They've made like the, the all-in-one the least, package. The, yeah, the least <laughs> desirable games and movies. Now you could just watch. Like so, they're putting in the effort, which I really appreciate. But yes, if you do want the most out of it, you should play all of them. Brad, I agree with you 100%. I think that is that is a good answer if you want the most out of it. Yes. But like um, my uh, like Chris, my girlfriend's playing it. She was playing it. She had a good time, but she doesn't she doesn't know everything about it, but she still had fun. Like she right. would ask me stuff. So that's but like she still was having enough fun just playing it. That's my side thing yeah. is uh, so like Yakuza for example. Mm-hmm. The first one that I played through was Yakuza 3 and it's a different situation than Kingdom Hearts, right. totally. I'm not going to pretend that they're one-to-one, but I enjoyed that game enough that it made me want to play more. Right. And, you know, my level of knowledge increased over time, and I think that can happen with Kingdom Hearts 3. And again, like, if you're like, ah, oh, no, I really kind of want to experience it in order, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I commend that. And yes, you are going to get more out of it 100%. But I, I do think it might be possible that if you play Kingdom Hearts 3 and you enjoy it, it might just inspire you, you to, to actually go, go look at yeah, yeah, more stuff like that. Of course, it's different in the sense that this is an ending and so you're going to know everything when you're playing those old yeah. games. So that, that, but with this series, like how you got there is just like bat. It's like insane how like yeah. things got there. So that could be a fun spectacle for you. Right. Yeah. Just, I don't know. So, no, something yeah, to, totally. Something to think about. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I brought that up in my review. Like, how if like, you haven't played a lot of these games, you're not going to probably enjoy as much as if you would, if you did play it. Um, I don't know what else to say about Kingdom Hearts 3 because I don't want to, to ruin this beautiful game mm-hmm. uh, for people. We are going to have more discussions in the future. Oh, going to be oh out, I mean, it's a, a spoiler bit. mode. We're going to yeah, do one. We're going to do, spo- we're gonna do a spoiler mode, so we are going to be a little mm-hmm. bit more uncaged there. Oh, I'm dumping everything. Oh yeah, dude, Brad, you're gonna. I'm gonna like make a list of stuff for yeah. it. Like, good. It's gonna get crazy. Good, excellent. Like, I'm gonna do my best to try to tell everyone what's going on. Um, I want to talk a little bit about anthem. Yeah, let's uh, talk about it. This is the anthem. Throw That's right. Hands up. I want to talk a little bit about anthem. I tried out the VIP demo, and this- so this this is a a very like first impressions kind of thing. This is mm-hmm. not this is not uh, my final opinion on Anthem. It was a bummer that it took so long to get in on mm-hmm. that first day. Mm. That was pretty rough. Um, but I was somebody who, if you see like loot based, ever evolving shooter, that's that's not gonna get me like hype. Right. It's not that that description <laughs> in and of itself. Same. Is it gonna do it for me? Same. I don't have anything against it. In fact, I have even immensely enjoyed it. But like, 
that's not going to do it for me the, the way that moment, other right. things, <laughs> other <laughs> genre <laughs> descriptions might. We're like, hey. The number's going the up. The number's going enough. up in a, in a, in a loot-based shooter. Not enough for me. Um, and also, I, I just don't feel the affinity to Bioware that I used to. Sure. Um, well, it's an uphill battle because one is a new, it's a new IP. So there's no attachment. You got to earn that, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. people keep bringing up uh, Diablo 3 in this. They're like, oh, it's like Diablo. Like, what's wrong with that? That's great. And it's like, dude, I was already so attached to Diablo. Diablo. Video games were so different back then where looting was just like this crazy thing. You're looting with your friends. Like, ah, oh, numbers are going up. That was like a novel concept. Whereas this is like, this idea has been done, you know? Not, right. Not one for one, but the idea has been done. Right. So you gotta like build up that attachment. I gotta get in that world and get, mm-hmm. get well, well, caught not, up in it. Not only has that idea been done, but it has been done in a sci-fi with a fantasy twist way, mm-hmm. which is exactly the vibe of Anthem. Uh, I do not think the the art style, the direction of Anthem, is. Like, oh my God, uh, it's it can be very pretty. It's a very beautiful game, but I don't think it is especially distinct. Now, all of that aside, all of those disclaimers and all that stuff, I had a good time. Nice. I didn't. I, I didn't have like such a good time. I'm like, ah, this is going to be an awesome game. Um, but I was playing on PC with an Xbox One controller, and it was really fun flying around. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun trying to incorporate the ability of flying and hovering into combat. Uh, I love mobility in games. It gets me excited. It's fun to just fiddle with. And that was a really cool part of Anthem. And another thing that I really like about Anthem, just playing as the Ranger, as the only Javelin I've played as so far, Javelin-like classes, if you will, uh, is the Ranger, is how low the cooldowns are. Um, and how they kind of design around that. So encounters are very swarmy. Uh, you'll go somewhere, and it just c- kind of feels like a bunch of dudes are on top of you. But your abilities that you have, it always feels like, at least what I was messing around with, you can activate them very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I throw out some rockets, and then just a little bit later, I'm throwing out more rockets. And so because the cooldowns are so short, it feels very active. Cool. And it's just like, I'm getting in there, I'm doing it, uh, I'm moving all around. I'm trying to dodge stuff. I'm firing stuff. It's just like there's – it's hectic in a way that is fun. Did you play solo or with some random people? So I started or? off as solo, um, and I was just playing in the default difficulty on solo, mm-hmm. and it actually felt like way too much. Mm-hmm. And apparently they said, like, if you're playing solo, bump it down. Like, that's that's the way you should go. Yeah. And then I teamed up with people, and then normal felt fine, super fine. Cool. Um. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, there was a puzzle at the end, and it was like, oh, this this could be, like, maybe interesting to, to talk to other people. And just, like, it wasn't that much. It was just, like, you had to pay attention to the environment um, to get through it. Mm-hmm. But if they incorporate more puzzles in the quest, that could be something that spices it up uh, in a way just beyond going and killing a wave of enemies. Um, and I like, at least at the, the outset, the idea of... Like, you're flying around, but your your boosters, your thrusters, they overheat pretty quickly. And so you have to, uh, like, go through water or be above water. And that's just kind of an interesting way 
to think about navigating it. It has just a little bit of a small touch. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to go from point A to point B. I'm going to go to point B. Where's the water around that way so I can keep flying, man? Cool. Um, so, yeah, that was really cool. Um, but there are some concerns. Uh, even just doing one mission and being out in the world, it was, hey, man, go here, kill these guys, stand on this point, wait for this meter to fill up, and then kill some more guys. And, you know, repetition or similarities to other games makes sense, and so it's a little weird to harp on it too much. But I definitely had this moment of, is this going to be Anthem? Like, is, is this going to be something where mm-hmm. it gets old sooner than you want it to? Um, so that's, that's a concern. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't played enough to, to make that judgment call. Yeah. Um, the story also didn't make much sense to me. I don't know really? if that was intentional. Um, but it, it kind of felt like they were just throwing me into it and some crazy stuff happened and a lot of terminology was thrown out. Maybe I wasn't paying enough I th- attention. I think the demo is like a halfway point okay. if I read that. It, okay. it, I think so. It super felt like that yeah. where <laughs> they were throwing stuff at me and I didn't quite feel grounded enough in this world mm-hmm. to properly appreciate it. And right. then some crazy stuff happened that was crazy, but again, didn't yeah. really understand it. Um, and you're in like this hub and it's it's pretty before yeah Fort you're, Tarsist or something. something like that yeah yeah <laughs> uh you move around pretty slowly um which gets annoying uh <laughs> hopefully that changes a little bit but yeah um wait outside your javelin you like run around yes yeah, so you you go you go in the world and you're doing your mission and you're in your suit right but then you come back to this hub okay. and you're out of your suit you're in first person and what? you're walking around and you can go and talk to people uh, like yeah. quest givers. Why is it first person? That's what it is. Just because it's cool, man. You're in your little hub. and I mean, like... but the game's like normally in third person. Then just goes first. I think it's probably to amplify the conversations <laughs> with people. Some yes. kind of storytelling. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because, because uh, let me put it to you this way, Brad. When you go and you talk to a quest giver, it's mm-hmm. not like you're just sitting there or you can move around. Like it's a very framed cinematic thing where I assumed the camera it was will like, pan over specifically okay, and do stuff. So. I assumed it was going to be like past Bioware games when you talk to people. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Um, but yeah, that is Anthem. Do you guys have any questions, concerns, I, or hopes for so Anthem? So I played it at E3 also. Yeah. And I just played like 20 minutes. Uh, it felt really good. It was fun to fly around and shoot. But I am, like, I mean, I don't really know anything else about this game. Am I going to be interested enough to keep going? Yeah. Like, will it be fun for a week? Probably. Will I want to keep playing, though? I don't know. I don't know enough about it. There's no PvP, right, in this game? No PvP. No PvP. Hmm. All, Yet. All PvP. I think that helps, like, a case of, like, Destiny help you, like, it gives it legs, you know? Yeah, it's such a divisive topic of, of <laughs> yes or no PvP. Right. Yeah. If, like, if it wasn't fun <laughs> in that game, and maybe they shouldn't have it. So mm-hmm. maybe that's a, the right call. I, like, I just don't know enough about it to, like, to be invested. Like, going, numbers going up isn't enough for me right now. Yeah. But hopefully it's great. Yeah, I've been the most, this has been like the game I've been most critical of by far over the last couple of years is Anthem. I... I'm really nervous about it, but I'm coming around to it because I feel like it was in this position where it's Bioware, 
It's AAA. It's mm-hmm. huge budget. There's been so much hype around this game. It's been a long time coming. So I think naturally there's just higher expectations than other games because it's Bioware's next big live mm-hmm. huge game. Well, I think there's high expectations because they're making it sound like there should be. Exactly. You know. So I think that's that's adding to my my criticalness yeah. <laughs> of it. But recently, I took a step back, and I was like, it doesn't need to be this like all-or-nothing, high-stakes thing. If it's really awesome just flying around with your buddies, that is kind of enough for me in one sense. But the reason I really liked that in Destiny was because you're you're working towards an endgame. You're working towards that raid. It's like, yeah... They had growing pains with like how you got there and and you know sure you're repeating a lot of things to raise your power level but at the end of the day you get rewarded by being able to do this oh, right. raid yeah. that not a lot of people get to do. It's a special special thing when we did that on stream. Absolutely. It's one of the best things in gaming, dude. Like it is that a, it's an insane statement. Yeah. But like that camaraderie like that team effort not only when you're there, but like even getting to that point is such an accomplishment. It makes it all worth it in the end. Whereas Anthem, I keep hearing that you can do everything in this game. It's just a matter of what difficulty you want to do on. Mm. And that really terrifies me. Mm. That really, really terrifies me where it's like, cool, you can do the highest level raid, but I'm just going to turn it on easy and do it by yourself and, or like go through or, you know, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, oh, like what's, what's stopping me from just like, going through everything, you know, it lessens the stakes. It lessens the loot chase, you know? And it's like the goal of loot is to just crank the difficulty up to make the combat harder, which is cool in a way because I have heard how many... many, uh, weapon combinations there are in this game. You were talking about low cooldowns, Ben. Mm Uh, in the 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 developer came on on Twitter and was asking all these questions and they were really hyping up how many variations and how many combinations mm-hmm. you can use and fiddle with and you can really get in there and for all those stat lovers out there the idea of just tweaking this and this and this and having this use this and just your abilities feeding off each other and just becoming this like powerhouse that can just mow everyone down like that's that's exciting but I like that more when you work up to something it's like let me get to that point and now i'm able to do the raid yeah and, you know there's no it doesn't feel like there's any really a goal to, to work yeah towards. there's no true goal there's no true reward at the end of the day and that's the biggest fear but i did take a step back and i and i've i'm in a place now where i'm, I'm kind of drowning out the noise and my own right pessimism and it's like yo couple weeks with you dudes rolling around going through the story yeah i'll have a blast Yes, I think that's true, but I'm worried that it will just feel disposable. And that, yeah. you know, you never you never want something to feel disposable. Yeah, you want something to excite you, to mm-hmm. to make you love it, to feel connected to it. And I was thinking, like, what do I want out of these types of games? Like, mm-hmm. what do I really care about? Um, and that has been a, a tough point for Destiny with me because there are so many things I love about Destiny. Just just shooting dudes. Just mm-hmm. the world looks amazing. There are things I really like about Destiny, but I never really cared. Yeah. Like, I, I would want to. I would 
like try to pay attention, but I never felt invested in the world the mm-hmm. way that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say that's probably my fault that I didn't watch the right thing or read up read on the right the thing. Read the grimoire cards. But just, yeah, just in my own experience with Destiny, I never cared the way that I wanted to. And I thought about games that want me to be around forever, the ones that I do care about, even though I don't actively play them, are World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. And World of Warcraft... I don't think I would have cared had I not played Warcraft 3 mm-hmm. and fallen in love with those characters. Yeah. I just don't think I would have, in, to the same degree. Um, in Final Fantasy 14, like, that story really got me. When I got through Heaven's War, that I, I felt something. I cared. And even though I'm not playing Final Fantasy 14, like, I still want to know what happens just because it meant something to me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to feel with Anthem. Like, I think mechanics are enough for like a game that you can finish. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yes. Like I'm, I'm willing and excited even to go through it all. to play like an RPG where like the story isn't great and I don't really care about the characters, but man, that battle system is so good. Mm-hmm. Cause I know in 50 to 80 hours it'll be over. Yeah. Whereas Anthem is like, listen, we want you on the hook for as long as possible. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well then there, there needs to be a bedrock. There needs to be like something where I'm like, I gotta see what happens yeah. to them. Like, or one or raid, place. man. One raid that like you need a certain power level for. Something like, the, give me one thing to work towards that not every single player is gonna be able to do. It's only you gotta put in some dedication to get to it. Yeah, that's I, but all I, it takes. But yes, and like the raid in Destiny Two was cool. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for me, it would be even cooler if it's like. Yes, I'm, I'm with my friends. We have to work together. I have to understand this game on a deeper level. Yes, that's super satisfying. But what if it was like, hey, you're also taking down this person that you've grown to hate. Like that, that's yes. just like, there's so much more of course. to it, right? Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess just what I'm saying is with Bioware, I, I hope there's some level of that. I hope mm-hmm. that this world is interesting. I hope yeah. this lore is cool. Yeah, yeah that's hope- another thing. It was like I was talking about the raid, but it's also... I. I it's like if the story is awesome, mm-hmm. that's enough. Yeah, yeah, because that also kind of circumvents yeah. uh, a lack of content. And I'm not saying that it's an excuse or something that should happen. I'm just saying if I really care about your story and I get to the end and I'm like, oh man, I wish there was more, at least I'm on the hook to find out what happens, mm-hmm. right? Versus, oh, I'm just waiting for the numbers to go up more. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm just hoping for some interesting encounters. Mm-hmm. Like combat wise, because when I think about like Monster Hunter, like I didn't care about the story that much, but going through yes. Monster Hunter, yeah. it was so much fun because yes. of the different types of monsters you yes, would yes, fight, yes. Mm-hmm. and like they made getting gear in that game really exciting. Yes. totally. Like and when you get you're a working drop, up. like you're working up to a goal. Yes, yes. And the other effect that that has, Brad, is it makes it more tolerable doing that stuff right hundred times. Right, yeah. exactly. Yes, I think it's it's scary, dude. It's in that. Destiny spot where it's trying to appeal well, it's, to too it's many. A ma- well, it's I mean it's EA. They're trying to get like as many people in that yeah. game as possible. So I think it, it again. It's a it's such a divisive thing of not having PvP and being yeah. able to do all content on any difficulty. That's cool because like everyone can play it all. Yeah, you know, which is like yeah, it's fine. It just but I'm just hoping it's <sighs> really fun where I want to do all of it all. Yeah, and I won't be able to give my Real thoughts until we play it. Party up. Oh, yeah, yeah totally, totally. <laughs> of course. I just, again, played very little. Yeah. A lot more to uncover. Yeah. yeah. But yes. just like, end of mission fight, 
There's just some big tanky dudes that just take longer for their health bars to go down. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, like I just, <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't, know. don't feel in that headspace of playing a game like that where I feel like I really want to play a game like that. It's just probably just bad timing for me. But like, yeah. I would play just to play with you guys. But yeah. like, I don't feel like I want to really play something like that yeah. right now. I'm trying to get a stream going. Of course, we'll do one. all nighter. I, I feel completely. All night land sesh. I, I feel completely divided on Anthem. On one hand, I feel like so it is divided. it is carrying. So I feel like Anthem is carrying an unfortunate amount, an unfair amount of baggage yes. to a certain yes, degree. Yes, it is. And for right. that, I like, apologize. We're yes. like, we're like, people aren't even really talking about the game itself. <laughs> yeah. They're talking about what they assume the game to be. You're right. We're, we're guilty of that in this very conversation Absolutely. because yeah. it's a natural thing to do. Yeah. But again, I feel one half of me wants to give it a chance. Yeah. Thinks that there are some cool things in it, specifically mm -hmm. with the mobility and combat. And on the other side, I feel like I, I've kind of gotten to this point where, like, I'm not even getting through. Like, there's so many single player games, so many stories that I want to experience in games still mm -hmm. to catch up on or experience for the first time or whatever it is. And so when I feel like a game like Anthem comes to me, it's like, okay, if I commit to you or if I, for any amount of time, it means I'm giving up so many of the things right. and it's not quite that dramatic but there's only so much time in the day yeah, right? Of course. And so you have to it really has to show you uh, something yeah hoping for the best I wonder how long great. this story will be hope I love it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah because I'm going through the story for sure that's well, a good of course you have like going through the story and see if it has legs after that like no matter like it's it's, a, it's one of those games where I've already made up my mind even though I'm so critical and I apprehensive about it I don't think no it'll be matter that long. what I will finish the story I don't think it'll be that long yeah I don't think so there's music playing right yeah now. it's thumping. thumping I don't know if you can hear it but it Hopefully feels not. like <laughs> it it sounds like a party's going on yeah and so it kind of feels like we're at a party where we don't know the people very well yeah, and it's have like sequestered ourselves <laughs> to a corner and are like geeking out about Resident Evil and Kingdom Hearts and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I'm excited yeah. because I know that you will pick like... Who do you think I'm going to pick? You will pick <laughs> the... Either the the mage class. Uh-huh. That's one of the ones I'm considering. Yeah. Yep. And the like ranger sniper style. I'm I haven't played either <laughs> of them yet, but I'm considering either the interceptor, uh, who seems like the very agile nice. quick Perfect. one, or or the mage. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I'm just pumped to go in with the bruiser, whatever it is. The, the, I think it's dude, the Colossus. The Colossus. That's, that's the one I was looking yeah. at, too. Dude, but bruiser bros. Because I was like, dude, I want like a big <laughs> yeah. Gatling gun or yeah. something with that thing. Yeah. I just want to be like a Zaku rolling in, dude. <laughs> That's what I want. I just want to be Zaku a Zaku. Hype. Like, put Gundam skins in the game. Yeah, can I get a plasma? Right? <laughs> Do they have plasma swords in it? Dude, give me the plasma axe. Yeah. I just played it as just a ranger. Guns? I just played as a ranger. I had an assault rifle. I had a shotgun. How was the shotgun? That's the most uh, important it question. Did, it did sufficient damage. Okay. I don't remember it feel. sounding that great. Oh, which sound is would huge. We need to revisit before giving a final yeah, verdict. Yeah, sound okay. is huge. But, you know, it didn't What's stick the range? out. Do you need to be point blank? Or I mean... I got pretty close, okay. Uh, but it didn't. It didn't feel. I, I don't know. I guess there were times where I was maybe mid range. And I can't imagine fine. it like being too close for a game where you fly around all the I time. I will say this: based on my limited experience, the shotgun felt useful in the early goings. I was happy that I equipped the shotgun. Cool. Excellent. Okay. Uh, I also equipped a light machine gun, which seemed fine. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anthem. I think it was Light Machine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Light Machine. What a Anthem. Put, Most put Gundam skins in. So crazy, February, because you have these two insanely high expectation games that have been like a long time coming, Crackdown 3 and Anthem. Mm-hmm. It's just fascinating. I'm so interested to see how this all plays yeah, out. Yeah, interesting time right now. You know, I want to see the how dust. Come. Yeah, I want to yeah. see how the dust settles with these releases. You're just going to watch in the distance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, I mean, credit to Anthem. I'm curious enough to give it a shot. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's where I, I basically feel. Cool. Uh, right now. You know who's in? Pluses. <laughs> yeah, of course, pluses. Well, that, that instantly makes the game about thirty yeah. percent more enjoyable. <laughs> That's like yeah. this is like a pluses game written yeah. all over it. He texted me. He's like, "Yo, you you playing? <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Didn't text me. <laughs> but like, I won't be able to fight, do PvP with him, man. I know. Doing PvP with him was like the best part. I know. To, to, to contextualize uh, for the audience who don't know, pluses is is a a wonderful human being. Yes. And B. Just like one of the most fun people to play video games with because, like, okay. Oh, I'm so sorry, Pluses. So, okay, when you're playing multiplayer it's games, it's yeah, the it is best. the best. I, this is nothing but a the positive thing. Effect. It's yeah, the plus effect. Yeah. So, you'll be playing video games and you'll be having like this really nice, polite conversation with him, <laughs> and then somebody will kill him and he'll like cut off mid-sentence and go, coward! Yeah. And then, like, slip right back into the conversation, and it's the best thing. Because he's best. so invested in mm-hmm. it that he'll get he'll get angry, he'll get salty, but it's never in, like, a malicious no. or cruel or no. toxic way. It's just I, uh, hilarious and beautiful. So I will beautiful. admit, I played a lot more of the original Destiny <laughs> just because of him. Yes. Oh, like, I didn't know him. at th- I met him through you. <laughs> And I just played Destiny with him one time. He asked me if I wanted to play with him. I was like, all right, sure. Then we just... He just made the game more fun. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, he has this effect. is fun with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're clearly cheating. Yeah. Oh, oh hacker. I'm like, so dude, I'm like, dude, no one's hacking right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a glitch. It's like, it's no, so dude. It's <laughs> so good. It's so good. Yeah, he's I the best, it. man. I love it. Okay. Um... We're just, you know what? We're just going to make shout outs. He works at Game Informer, right? He works at uh, EGM. 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 Sorry. Shout outs. Shout Shout out. We're just going to make Plessis the forbidden word. That's what we're going to do. Heck yeah. Uh, At this time of the podcast. I want a Plessis emote. Dude. Yes. Plessis effect. (laughs) Um, Anytime you're complaining about the game. Yeah. Just Plessis. Like like a glitch or something. Yeah, frame rate. (laughs) Plessis emote. Before we get into Cotton Frame Trap. Oh. Uh, I made a mistake oh. that I need to tell you guys in the audience. I just came, I, I just came into this episode realizing that we were going to talk so much about Resident Evil Two and Kingdom Hearts Three, and then like I had some games I wanted to talk about right. that I didn't ask. I do this every episode. I was asked the panel what they want to talk about. Just, just forgot those. to do yeah, that. Just that was those. it. Yeah, I could just briefly talk about. Uh, I've been playing a little of the Blue Mage with Damiani. Okay. In Final Fantasy XIV, just briefly. We'll, just we'll real get quick to that. Just we'll get quick. to that. I'm glad you just brought that up. Let you know what it is. But yeah, I'm sorry to the both of you. I just truly. Dude, forgot. there's so much stuff to talk about already. It's fine. Um, so in honor of Kingdom Hearts 3, I have another real or fake game for us. Okay. Uh, what, what better series to do it with than Kingdom Hearts? Are these Keyblades real or fake? Oh, are no. the names of these Keyblades real or fake? I don't know any Keyblade fa- names. Dude, there are so, dude, don't, <laughs> no. <laughs> There's so many, and these names wow. are amazing. Okay. Wow. Uh, so that is going to be cool, cool. Our, our little game no that we play. I have no idea, don't worry. I know like two Keyblade names. 
Uh, but before we get in that, we're going to talk about our lovely sponsors. Oh, we okay. got we got some new sponsors. Ooh, nice. spicy! But our first sponsor, the ever dependable Greg, the Dark yeah. Knight Kettering. Batman. Thank you, Greg. Uh, we also have Zoteg. Hi, allies, with the hype train for Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers pulling out of the station. I wanted to send out an invite to any allies on the Mattias server or greater Aether data center to join our free company or cross-world link shell. Search Zoteg up on Twitter, at Zoteg, that's X-O-T-I-G, and send him a message. Whether you're just starting out in Eorzea or have been playing for years, get ready for Shadowbringers together. That pleases me. That's a really jolly message. It is. It's a good message. Next, we have JoJo's Dentco. Yeah. Thank you, JoJo's Dentco and Zotek. New sponsor, Accounts Payable, and they've, they're they doing something uh, that we've never had a sponsor do. Well, They just want us to, to give a shout-out to anything, any cause, anything at all that we're, we feel like. So hmm. I don't know if you guys want to shout-out shout out anything particular. Hmm. Like a good cause? Just, it could be anything. Let your heart run, run wild. Shout out to Gotham for doing, you know. Just, <laughs> there it is. Yep. <laughs> you Question. know what? <laughs> Sorry. I want to give a shout out to everyone watching right now. Yeah. Shout, shout out, out for just watching us talk about video. Like three yeah. bozos just talking about video games for hours, man. Yeah. Boy, yeah. Like shout out. Thanks for sticking around. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Are we th- two hours into this podcast, Jeez. been rambling on. Yep. Yeah, this this is the Ramblin' Show. Like we're talking about Gundam. <laughs> it, could, it could just be named the Ramblin' Show during That's Anthem and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but thank you to Accounts Payable for that. Next, we have Oh Yes, Cool Great. Mm. Thank you, Oh Yes, Cool Great. After that, we have Gift of Heaven. Check this out. Gift of Heaven is a full blast epic RPG that you deserve. Oh. It's a free 3DS RPG maker game oh, created dude. by O.M. Hawk Stelter. Gift of Heaven draws inspiration from Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and Forrest Gump. The perfect combination. <laughs> Hawk Stetler strives to use RPG Maker FES's, is it Fez or FES? Totally sick pre-made graphics and sound in sneaky ways that will result in a handcrafted Game of the Year 2019 contender. Use the RPG Maker FES 3DS app to download the prologue on August 7th and the full game on Halloween night. Dude. Check out YouTube October 1st for a killer all-caps trailer. Sick. Dude, Dude, that was the coolest description of all time. Yeah, what? Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and Force Gump. (laughs) Gets you curious. Very curious. It got me super curious. Very, very curious. Our next sponsorship comes in from Colton, who says, I currently work in a manufacturing plant in Texas, and while it pays the bills, it is a bit unfulfilling. My passion is in games media. I became a sponsor to help my side projects grow and hopefully lead to something better. So if you can check out my streams on Twitch, my username is Yoltmain, Y-O-L-T-M-A-Y-N-E. Uh, Yoltmain also writes and does reviews for a website named IndieRanger.com. Check those out and help me follow my dreams. Cool. Thank you, Colton. Thank Sick. you. Sick. Last but certainly not least, for the first time in this new studio, we have the Frame Trap Mega Sponsor. This is actually not true. It's on the Easy A podcast. But it's the first time on Frame okay. Trap. <laughs> yeah. Mega Sponsor. 
Fantasy Critic Games. Fantasy Critic is a new nice. site where video gaming meets fantasy football. Grab your friends, create a league, and face off as you predict what the year's top-rated video games will be. Just like fantasy football, you'll hold a draft and stock your roster with the hottest up-and-coming titles. At the end of the year, the player with the best lineup of games, based on review scores courtesy of OpenCritic.com, will be crowned the winner. Think you know what games will come out on top? Head to FantasyCritic.Games now and play for free forever. Forever. Yeah. Kyle is actively playing. Yeah, Kyle, Don, and Ian, I believe. And Don, right? And Don? That makes sense. Yeah. All right, Huber and Brad, are these Keyblades real or fake? (laughs) Let's go. Fatal Crest. Fake. Fake. Real Kingdom Hearts 2. Ah, I need to see pictures of them. Yeah, it's it's hard just going on the name. Fatal Crest. But it's also beautiful. (laughs) Oh, it gets better. It gets better. Uh, real, that's, that's in Kingdom Hearts 2. Okay. Next one. Skull Noise. Skull, real? Real. Real. Dream that's, Drop Distance. Yes, I knew it. It was the world ends with you, Keyblade. I'm going to give it to both of you. Next, we've got Digital Demon. Fake. Fake. Correct. Digital Demon. I liked that. I tried my best. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just a funny, like, it could be real. It's just a hilarious <laughs> name. All right. Number four. Ominous Blight. Fake. Real. It's real. Whoa, what is it? Huber, what game is it from? Ominous Blight. Chain of Memories. 358 Days Over 2. Oh. <laughs> hey, man. I'm just guessing over here. <laughs> <laughs> same. Pretty much same. All right, last one. Huber's ahead. Candy Slash. Fake. Real. It's fake. Ah, oh, I thought it was the Candy Cane one. Candy Slash, dude. What? Candy, dude, because it could be the Candy Cane Keyblade. Any of these could yeah. be real. So many of Hero, them are. Or Huber, you've unlocked a Keyblade now. You are now a Keyblade Master. All right, Huber, break us out of this game. Yeah, it's the only way to do it. Huber, I was hoping that you were. I Beep. when I made this game, I was hoping that the person who won did this. So now, did we like? Cl- like, did we secure the studio? Is that what we did? Yeah, with we unlocked its heart. Closed it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Secured. Area secure. Area secure. All right. Um, Brad. Yes. Talk to me about being a blue mage in oh, Final okay. Fantasy fourteen. So, I'm actually really curious uh, about Blue this. mage. Yeah. Super, okay, as you know, Final Fantasy fourteen has many jobs. I've been past Final Fantasy games, like Red Mage, Dark Knight, Samurai, what have you. Uh, they all usually roll or incorporate into playing with other people, like what MMOs you do, going up in dungeons with everyone. Blue Mage is a little different. Blue Mage is pretty much a solo job, I would say, that you do by yourself, or you you could only team up with other Blue Mages. Whoa. So how it works is the Blue Mages, if you didn't know in Final Fantasy history, usually their skill is learning enemy abilities. So what Blue Mage, you go out in the world, you fight regular monsters, and you le- actually learn abilities from them. Dude. So me and Dom and I have been rolling around together, going through the world, like, fighting enemies. You wait for them to do an attack, then you learn that attack from them. Like, we learned uh, 10,000 or 1,000 needles, I think, from a cactuar. Sick. Which is super awesome. There's even some, like, uh, funnier ones. There's, like, a self-destruct one you could do. It just does a ton of damage, but you die. Do you learn it straight away, or do you have to like do it a couple so times? What, uh, I don't know if there's a percentage chance, but you have to see the enemy do it. Mm-hmm. You, I, I, you don't learn abilities from every single enemy. Got it. The game, you so you have like a blue mage like book, 
that gives you hints of where you can get abilities from. Dude. So you go out in the world, you find that mob, and you kind of like learn ability from it. And there's this thing called uh, the Masked Carnival, which is like PvE content. I believe it's level 50. I'm not all the way there yet. So it's like uh, like challenges, like doing challenges like solo by yourself and getting through these challenges, which is kind of like a, a weird thing you don't really hear in MMOs, like bringing, introducing a new class that's kind of just on its own kind of thing that's not incorporated in the rest of the game. Sounds fun. Because, as you know, or the level cap of the game currently is 70, but this only goes up to 50, so you can't do all the content. But I've been having a fun time going through uh, the world with Damiani, finding out what gives you abilities, just experimenting like that. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of cool abilities, man, like using your tongue, like uh, a tongue to bring people to you, Dude. water cannon, a lot of the classic moves, Ben. Brad, you have to stop. It's really cool. This sounds like a great, it's been really, really fun. thoughtful implementation yeah, of so, this Yeah, so, and class, I think the, the, job. the gear mm-hmm. works different, like you can, it's not as important, so you could start off with just like normal gear. Like the yeah. gear I'm wearing is like just mostly for show right now, but it doesn't really affect it as far as I'm understanding. But super easy to get into, super fun. It has its own story plot line going through. When is Shadowbringers? Uh, summer probably, probably like June, I, July. I don't have time for Final Fantasy XIV, but right. I, I miss it, man. So I here's the it. goal, man. This is what I'm going to do is to go back like a month or two before the expansion comes out. Yeah. And like do the content to mm-hmm. get caught up for the story. So question, yes. speaking of story, part of the fun of Final Fantasy XIV is interacting with job-specific characters yes. and doing the job-specific storyline. Yes. It's usually fun and interesting uh, to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is that with Blue Mage? Uh, I've enjoyed it. I like the story that I've done. I haven't like been paying so much attention to it because I've been playing on stream with Damiani. Sure. And times, sometimes I just kind of got to go through that. It is hard to pay to things on stream. But yes. yeah, it's cool. Like they're incorporating like enemies and stuff like that, learning abilities from people and stuff. Is it pretty lighthearted? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of those stories are pretty lighthearted. Man, we talk about we talk about vibes a lot. Good vibes. Video games. Really Final good vibes. Fourteen has incredible vibes. Yes, yeah. very incredible vibes. Mm-hmm. Great music, all that stuff. But it's been interesting because like. It hasn't been the usual level up, like doing quests all the time, like a bunch of quests and doing a dungeon. It's just kind of like, no, you just go out in the world mostly and you fight normal monsters. But you can learn abilities from the primals, like the summons in the game and stuff like that. I haven't done any of that yet. So do you learn... Okay, you don't... You just learn their specific attacks. Yeah, so okay. like I, you could learn ability from Shiva. I think it's Diamond Dust. Sure. You learn from Dust her. Type. That would make sense. So, but I haven't done any of that yet. But the potential is there for some really cool abilities. So, have you just been playing when you and Damiani stream? Uh, right now, yes. Has that been good, bad? What is what is the it's experience been great. of like doing? It's it been really game? fun just playing with Damiani. I mean, playing so, MMO with friends is always the best. Like, yeah. Playing by yourself is not as fun to me, but I've been playing with Damiani, who knows everything to that game pretty much. Right. So he's been kind of guiding me along. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, I, the reason I ask is because I've been playing Tales of Asperia on stream, right. which I've enjoyed, and I've enjoyed interacting with chat. They've been very helpful. Mm-hmm. But there are also times where I'm like, oh, I just want to play you yeah, know, of course. On, on the on the go or, or something, right. which is not anybody's fault. It's just right. like, oh, I'm enjoying this so much. Yeah. So I was wondering if you had any um, of those No, pains. not really, because Damiani's usually the one helming it. I'm just, I'm just kind of there on audio, yeah. mostly. I'm like, I'm not on camera, so Damiani's in control of the stream, I would say. But it's just yeah. been pretty stress-free. I've been having a good time every time I play it with Damiani. Cool. So, I mean, I love being in that world. I know you love that world, too. Yes, it's great. Yes. Great vibes. 
Yeah, I feel estranged from it. Yeah, like, but it's it's been, it was, it's it was they just introduced this class in a patch. Yeah. So rad. Yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah, this is because Samurai I was talk about uh, later. Uh, Ninja they introduced in a patch too. Okay. Samurai DLC. and Remage was the expansion. Expansion. Got yeah. It. Cool. Brad, you made it, you made a strong case for it. I like, should just put up or shut up and like try to yeah. find time. But like you would find a lot of appreciation out of it because you know a lot about Final Fantasy, like yeah. the lore and like yeah. the abilities and stuff like that. So you'd be like, oh, cool, this ability from this enemy I recognize. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'm a sucker for that stuff. And Blue Maids is just conceptually. Yeah, it's really just cool. like a cool job. Yeah, it's just something really and different cool. in that game. Nice. Um, a game I want to talk about that I've just started. I've I've been devoting a lot of time to Kingdom Hearts three, uh, admittedly, but mm-hmm. uh, I I've gotten started on a cool little indie game that I think so far seems very much worth your time. Wargroove. Wargroove. Yes. You knew. How did I you know? know? Because it's a cool little indie game that yeah. just came out. Yeah, yeah, Kristen just asked you about it today, right? <laughs> she did. She did just ask me about it. And like I said, I've just gotten started. I'm still in the first act of the game. It's still teaching me things. Not sure. Um, but yeah, this seems this seems great. Um, so obviously, right when they announced it, they were making a ton of <laughs> comparisons to Advance Wars. I, I don't think I realized until I played it how Advance Wars it is. I mean, it is... Yeah, I saw that screen. I was like, oh, this looks exactly like Advance yeah, Wars. Yeah, just, just in terms of presentation, uh, both like how you battle things and the mm-hmm. animations that play and the perspective that they give you, um, and even just the way the, the map looks to a degree. Like, everything feels like Advance Wars, but they the mechanics, a lot of... If you've played Advance Wars, a lot of the mechanics from there will immediately feel mm-hmm. at home here. Um, but it is a very well-designed and thoughtful game. And what I mean by that is it is giving you a fair amount of complexity. You have to worry about a fog of war. You have to worry about healing injured units. You have to worry about, uh, terrain defenses and all this stuff. Like there's, there's a good amount going on. Um, but the way that it teaches you is... You're going through these missions where we'll introduce a couple of mechanics at a time, but it's not just like, oh, hey, this is no, it doesn't matter, tutorial missions. It's like, no, we're going to make this the beginning of the story. We're going to put you at threat right away. We're going to introduce a little bit of lore and characters right away. And so I feel like it does a great job of engaging you immediately. And what I love about it is there's no, like, big lead up it's not like long ago in this kingdom this and this was happening um before a mission you just get a little bit it it takes like i don't know a minute or something like right. that it's just a very short amount of time uh just enough to kind of give you a sense of what's going on and contextualize this battle then you do the battle and the battle itself is interesting because um you're learning but it's not like it's a breeze <laughs> um i i've felt like Yes, it's showing me something. It's telling me how to do something. It's putting an X on the map. But then it's just like letting me go and do it and learning through failure um, and just practical application. And so there are times where I'm like, oh, I got surrounded because I was an idiot or, oh, that mistake really did cost me. And so they feel like actual fights even though you're going through a tutorial. And I think that's really cool. Also, it has a great look. I mean, it does the Advance yeah, Wars yeah, thing yeah. where when you're fighting, like you're, you're, if you are on the losing end of that battle... Um, and that, that damage transaction, you know, your character will be upset, or when you're winning, they'll be uh, exuberant. And so that's 
Really, really cool. I saw dogs too. Yes. And I was like, yeah, man. Yeah, the dogs are great. So every you have all these different units, um, and all the units can do uh, critical strikes, but you have to set it up a certain way. But things can hit you so hard, and the critical strikes are so good that you really like need to constantly make that effort. So with the dogs, you'll get a critical strike if another dog is also adjacent to an enemy. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but then you have things like. The archer will get a critical strike if they don't have to move to attack, if they just attack from where they are, or the the pikemen, if they're next to each other, they'll get a critical strike uh, when they attack. And so you kind of, you know, not only need to worry about like, oh, this unit is weak or this unit is strong or this, you know, is good a good area of defense. Mm-hmm. You also have to be like, okay, I need to arrange my characters in a specific way. Yeah, so positioning, I can yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it is. It's very cool, and it's very satisfying to pull off. So uh, This game looks cool. It's cheap, too, right? I think it's 20 bucks. Brad, got to be honest with you, I got a code for it, so I don't okay, know cool. 20 bucks, how expensive dude. it is. So it's definitely it a must-be like nice game. game to it play seems, on the go, too. Yeah. yeah. It seems like a great uh, game to fill that void of Advance Wars. Just yes. being gone for so long. Yeah, it does feel very, very similar to Advance Wars, um, for sure. Uh, the question that Kristen asked, and I think a good mm-hmm. thing to relay, is she was like, "Hey, as a strategy game, like, does it control okay on on you know the Switch?" Oh, sure, absolutely does. It feels like it was designed great uh, from the go to to make sense on a controller. So cool. I, I have had absolutely no problems with that. Um, so if you played Advance Wars or even something like Fire Emblem, where it is, is very much a consoleized or handheld-ized strategy experience, it works cool. super, super yeah. well. Yeah, I want to play it. looks hype. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it, it definitely seems like it is going to be challenging. You can right, lower different aspects of the dif- difficulty. Um, so, you know, it is it is approachable in that sense, but it definitely feels like it's going to push back in a cool and satisfying way, much like Advance Wars yes. does. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I have Sweet. a ton more to play. Just getting started. Um, but yeah, I want to come back to it. Nice. It's, yeah, it's tough. There, like, so much got left by the wayside for Kingdom Hearts and Resident Evil, man. Like, I've played more Ace dude. Combat 7. Oh. Uh, I haven't finished Ace Combat 7 Ace yet. Ace Combat, dude. Yeah, I But that it. seems really great, too, and I just want to keep going. I was like, but. Damiani, dude, bring me it. I want to play it. Did you play the VR part? I've not done the VR oh, yet. No, nope. That's what I want to try. I believe I'm on Mission 8 okay. for Ace Combat 7. Missions got a lot harder very quickly. Mm. Um, definitely, there was one, and maybe it's just because I suck at Ace Combat, but there was definitely a mission where it's like, okay, here are all these things you need to destroy. Here's like segments of different bases. You have to get up to this number before the time runs out. It was like, oh, I got to learn to be efficient. Like, I mm. can't just casually shoot away at Whoa. planes or things it's like no i have to target and move and dodge well um but in a way that was kind of exciting i mean i had to do it multiple times but it felt really good because each time you felt yourself getting a little bit better sweet i haven't yeah. played ace combat since ps2 i know dude so, used to be so into those yeah, all the time so i'm really excited yeah. to hop into My, seven and after of course kingdom hearts <laughs> yeah right that's the thing is you you have these juggernauts you yeah. feel like oh i just i want to play yeah. them so bad yeah my i think on the ps1 i played like an ace combat demo and i think maybe on the ps2 or something but yeah it was basically just ace combat demos. Mm. It seemed cool i'm bummed i fell out with the lore because i hear seven is like a continuation you were telling really me that it. uh Ace Combat 5 has a really cool story. It was either 4 or 5. I always get them confused because they're both on PS2. Uh, one of them had like really, really sick drawn anime style mm. cutscenes. Cool. 
I remember just being like surprisingly so invested in the story. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, Ace Combat Seven story is <laughs> really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would say like it's good. Yeah, but uh, it's but pretty funny. But you're having fun with it. So Huber, I got I got to show this to you, and I've experienced the cutscene <laughs> for myself now. Um, but in one of the cutscenes, there's like this lady getting off this plane, and there's a dog like at the bottom of these steps. And it, they just used, like, a JPEG for the dog. <laughs> <laughs> but in the first shot of it, it's a different flat image. And so it's like, I, I think it's like a different... I got to find the video. That's I hope so I'm getting weird. this right. Did it come with... But it's just really funny. Did it come with five remastered? Or is that a separate code? Or what is the deal there? Because I is heard this they, six? This is seven. seven, but I heard it comes so I, with... I pre-ordered Ace Combat 7 on the PlayStation Store and got Ace Combat got five. 5. Okay, yeah. I heard the emulation on that is amazing. Hmm. Really want to go through 5 again, too, dude. Sick. Yeah, oh man. Okay, I'm going to... Live on air, I'm going to watch like a jet game this since video. Top Gun on PS1. Dude, it's time, Brad. It's, it's been a seven. long time, though. It's I a know. good one to hop back into, yeah. you know? Once yeah. I'm done with the copy, because okay. we got one. This. So, okay. Brad, just look at this. Okay. okay, so she's getting off the plane. This makes for great podcasting. Yes. See uh, that dog? dog? Yes. Now wait for it. What? It's a different, it's a different dog. dog. It's a, different it's a dog. completely different dog. different dog. That's so good. It is just, yeah, it just like motionless. Yeah, it's motionless, lifeless. Yeah, it's like they forgot to add it in the shot or something. <laughs> just photoshopped the dog yeah. in. Yeah. You know, for for those of you listening, because it's a terrible thing to do in a podcast. Yeah. I will include a YouTube you link. So That's you so see. good, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. That's funny. Yeah, so it's enjoyable in that way. Yeah. I I think. Uh, That's super funny. How is the economy slash accumulating new ships, new weapons? Because that's always so fun in those games. Yeah. Just like uh, so the, you're, you're on your... this. We, I talked about it the, the last time I brought up Ace Combat 7. But I've gotten a little bit farther into it. So I have a, a, a little bit better sense of, mm-hmm. of what it's like. It seems pretty straightforward. Not necessarily in a bad way. But uh, you're in this tree. And so obviously at the bottom of the tree you have the fewest choices. But as you go through... Um, you can be like, okay, well, I want to lock one of these three planes because that's all I have money for. Got it. So I've never hit a point where it's like, oh, I can just easily get everything. And so you do have to make choices. But so far, I've always been limited by money enough where it's like, well, I can only pick one. And then you pick that new plane and then you pick a weapon. And that's the other thing. So you can buy upgrades for your plane, which you can install. You can only have a, a certain number of parts that you can install on your plane that will affect various aspects of it. Um, but you also get different weapons, and that's probably the most interesting part so far uh, is the special weapons that you bring in because in missions you'll have to deal with uh, things on the ground and things in the air. Yeah. And uh, different special weapons will be better at one thing or the other, mm-hmm. and a lot of times you want to do both, and so it's kind of an interesting trade-off, and you have to decide where your focus wants to be. Also, ammo can be a big deal, so for some of these special weapons... Uh, you can burn through them really, really quickly if you're not careful, and that means you might have to go and restock mid-mission, which if you're on a time-based mission, like the one I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. that obviously takes up some time. And so, you know, there's some interesting decisions going right. on. It's not like, okay, I need to sit here for 10 minutes to figure it all out, but, uh, you know, you have to think about it a little bit. Can like. you 
customize your decals and stuff or is it like you unlock cosmetic options and you just like slap them on that's a good question i haven't messed around with any like purely cosmetic stuff just different planes so far i'm not saying that it's not in the game but uh i just personally haven't done it cool but yeah i should probably put we talked enough about ace combat 7 that's probably a timestamp, right yeah sure sure stamp it stamp it stamp it pop it no double stamp triple stamp double stamp triple stamp let's stamp it you know what else we need to stamp hotage Brad, you can't do you can't that. Say you I can't just do did it, it, baby. Studio. Unhinged, dude. That's Studio right. budget. It's bumping down there. It's like really hot in here now. Yeah. Hotake. Hotake. Hotake! Stole the See, no one could do that, though. Hotake! Do it again. Triple. Hotake. Quadruple. There you go. Hey. It's a new studio, dude. We're getting four of them. Um, I just want Ben to actually chop the desk as hard as he can one time. I want someone to jump off those rafters. What do you mean? There's no, there's, there's no room. Yeah, you can't. You couldn't fit anybody up there. Like hang or something. What Someone's got to jump it all. Huber, where it. are you gonna break the studio? <laughs> we should just get like a really cheap table, Huber, and have someone go through the table. Yes. Like, would you go through the table? One hundred percent. Okay. That'd be sick. I want Tommy. I need a power bump. We need through the table. <laughs> That'd be sick. We need Brandon or Blower here to like just yeah. shake their heads no. <laughs> Um, so for today's Otake, we actually kind of alluded to it during the Final Fantasy XIV part, but it's it's a problem, maybe it's just a me thing, but I think it's an everybody thing, where <clears throat> sometimes keeping up with games can be a little stressful and a little bit anxiety building, oh. where... Yeah. Like, uh, Fortnite is a good example, where you, you love Fortnite, you want to play Fortnite, you want to keep up with Fortnite. Like, that's, that's something you have to keep doing. I don't want to sit here and say yeah. that, like, playing games is hard. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm but not, I like I'm not asking because you can just hop back in. It's always there. Right. It's that game. I'm not asking for symphony, sympathy, but even things like, oh, man, I really want to play Final Fantasy XIV, or, man, I want to do this new event in Monster Hunter, but I also want to catch up before this new sequel comes out, or right. whatever. I just... There's always I, something to do. Or I want to platinum... Like, it, there's... Oh, yes. Games are, are expanding in some stretch of way where there is... There is never a time where I feel like you can be like, ah, I don't have anything to play. I just want to catch up on anime, man. Or, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, with the release of Anthem, we've got The Division 2 coming out. Games as a Service are... Becoming increasingly prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have things before that, like like MOBAs or just digital car games or something, something that kind of always demands your attention. That is not going to be going away. And I don't really want to talk about how you feel about that as a concept, but as we move forward and as those things keep happening, how do you feel like you are going to tackle them? How are you going to fit that stuff into your life? I've come to terms, Ben. What is the term that you've come to? The terms are that sometimes you're going to have to skip something. Some casualty is going to happen. Mm-hmm. You, it is a borderline impossible to consume everything you want to consume. And I bring up anime because I think it, it's all-encompassing, right? I want to watch The Punisher Season 2. I want to watch My Hero Academia and... Dragon Ball Super. Captain right. Marvel's coming up. I want to rewatch the MCU. I got to get through Kingdom Hearts 3. I also got a review coming up for Far Cry. It's like... Yeah. I've come to terms where you can only do what you can do. 
and I try to live in the moment of play what calls me at that time. Absolutely. Uh, play what you want to play has long been an easy allies motto. <laughs> but you bring up anime, and it's very easy to get <laughs> behind an anime yeah. or, or feel overwhelmed in an anime. I feel like that constantly. But with anime, it's like, okay, this, this is a very linear thing mm-hmm. where I – it's. <laughs> There are probably countered examples of this, but it's not like, oh, there's only a limited amount of time for me to get this one really cool sword or to see this crossover event mm-hmm. or uh, to get this double XP bonus. Sure. There is there is this sense that, that games are really pushing you mm-hmm. to be here just for one day only or two days only. Yeah. Um, and that's going to keep happening. Does that bother you at all or does that make you anxious or does that change how you fit things into your life? I very much love the idea of the people that are playing getting rewarded. Mm -hmm. So I've fallen out of Fortnite in recent months. I've been playing a lot less. Haven't been keeping up with the challenges. Haven't been getting the sick battle pass skins. You know, this one uh, this month is like a Kratos Thanos rock monster lava dude that you get. Yeah, it looks awesome. I have no hope. Of getting him. No hope. Mm-hmm. There's no way. If I were to go home now and play nonstop until the end of the season, I still don't think I would get it because I fell behind on the daily quests. Cool. Like, now when I see that, like, I'm jealous. My friends have a, a skin from from last season that, that I won't get because I missed it. And it's right. like, dude, I'm, I'm jealous. It's awesome. But, like, you guys earned it. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. So I've kind of come to terms with... I don't have anxiety because I'm not getting it. I spin it where you got it good on you. Like, that's cool. Yeah. See, that's interesting because I feel like my experience with some games has been like, I I feel almost guilty (laughs) where I I miss an event or I come back and the game doesn't feel the same. And you just, I don't know, it's almost... Alienating might be too too strong of a word, but you just don't feel familiar, and so it becomes intimidating in a new way. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like Final, like Final Fantasy XIV is is a great example where so much has changed, and it's not that I can't get back into it. It just feels like there's this wall there where yeah. a single player game, if I come back to it, it's not like it's suddenly different. Mm-hmm. I'm just where I was, yeah. um, and that can be very strange. And I also think it can be a problem when everything becomes this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because if everything becomes this, then it's like, well, I want to be into all of these things, but I can only do so much in all of them because they're all a commitment. Yeah, I feel like for us especially, because we love like every game Probably between us. Like, yeah. we yeah. love... That's, that's the heart of the problem. Yeah, I feel like for us, our lifestyles can only afford one, maybe two at most of these types of games. Right. Um, so it's just a matter of choosing it. You know, like Anthem's coming out, and it's like, all right, is this going to take over my live game? Like, if my friends get into this, like, is right. this the one I'm going to be playing instead of Fortnite now? Um, but, you know, I bring up Fortnite. Because I think it's easy to leave and come back versus in MMO. Mm-hmm. Like, World of Warcraft, I stopped playing, dude. And it's like, all right, what are my rotations? Right. Where was? Yeah, where did I leave just, off? There's more. Fortnite's like, build, shoot. Yeah, build, shoot. It's like, okay, there's some new guns and stuff. Yeah. But, like, 
it's the core the, like mechanic I would say is the same. The same, yeah. So I think I think it depends on the game, but I totally see where you're coming from with the anxiety of like, dude, leaving a game for a little bit and then coming back and having to relearn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like we only have so much time, it's like that wall of coming back and relearning is intimidating. Sure. And time consuming. I actually think um beyond maybe even a better example than these big live continual games like like Fortnite or an MMO, I, I actually feel this probably most acutely with mobile games. Hmm. Um, because there are a lot of mobile games I want to play and I'm interested in and check up on from time to time, like Fire Emblem Heroes is a good example. Um, I was dabbling with some Grand Blue Fantasy over the break. Uh, that nice. Star Ocean mobile game came out. Wait, what? Uh, Dragalia Lost. And like Dragalia. Dragali- mobile? What? I never heard yeah, of this. Yeah. No. So, <laughs> all of these things just have a bonus for logging in, and it yeah. almost feels like. Like I need to check my email, yeah. and I, I of course they do that so they can keep their players, so they yeah. can keep you engaged. Yep. But it's just like, oh man, I either care about all these different series, or this is coming from a developer that I care about, and suddenly now I'm on the hook. Mm-hmm. And it none of these things individually take that long of a time. You could easily make a counter argument and be like, hey, you play for thirty minutes a day and you're done, and it's like, well, yeah, but then there's you this thing still gotta where it's like, oh, I heard in Dragalia Lost that. Like, the story is just the tutorial, so you need to get through the story so you can get to more interesting combat, and it's just like, okay, that's yeah. on top of making sure I do all my daily quests, which change every day. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what I mean. And this is probably, like you said, a problem that is hyper-specific to me because I want to play everything. Right. Um, but it's just, as we march forward, this is a feeling that has only increased, right? Yeah. Where... Not only do I think there are going to be more of these types of games, but I see it being integrated in other ways. In where it's like, yeah, like I'm like Dude, I'm, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey became this. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Oh yeah, it has keeps, like weekly quests and it, daily quests. Right. Yeah, it has uh, the Lost Tales of Greece, which it keeps adding, which I've been doing. I've been like keeping up on these because I really enjoy that game. But still, even Assassin's Creed Odyssey, this traditionally Single player game, beat it, whether you want 100% or not, beat it, you're done. Now it's like, dude, I've, I've had this game on my PS, like, dude, what my main dopamine is getting to the end credits of a game and deleting it off my hard drive. That is yeah. my number one dopamine. <laughs> but now, that's your number one? Yeah, for, for games, yeah, beating a game is it. Okay. That's, that's the best. Oh, yeah, best. beating a game. But beating I, 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 just a simple act of deleting. The, the combination of it. It's yeah, like, dude, I beat it. Deleted, One, done, two punch. add it to the list beat of it, games deleted. I beat. Yeah. Oh, you have a running list. Yeah. I should do that. So, oh, yeah, I started doing that too. It's really fun. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's good to It's just cool. Yeah, it's good to games. see the numbers go up. Exactly. <laughs> you see the list go up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Assassin's Creed, that came in on, out in October. Here we are in February. That's still going. That game is yeah. still getting some of my time. Oh, so you know? much stuff in that game. So it's like... Yeah, it is kind of scary that, that that's a trend of all these games that are like, hey, come on back. Uh, I will say, I feel like I'm different than you and you two in that regard. Is like, I'm way okay with letting stuff go. Yeah. I'm just fine with it. Like, whatever. It's okay. It's not that big of a deal. Like, there's a ton of games I still want to play. Like, I want to play all the Trails series and all that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't know when I'll get to it. Wouldn't that be nice? But, it, I mean, I'll get there one day, maybe. Brad, I... Uh 
I sent out fan mail and I was like, all right, this these are like my soft gaming goals of 2019. Nice. Because I, I finished the first Trails in the mm-hmm. Sky and it was lovely. Yeah. I would love, my goal, but hopefully, I don't even know if it will happen, but I would love to just finish Trails yeah. in the Sky, uh, SC, like third, ben, Cold Steel 1 and Cold Steel 2, and then Cold Steel 3 is coming out this fall. Like, the Sky of 5 is on my <laughs> backlog in my mind, a game I'd still want to play, yeah. but it's like, who the hell knows when I'm going to get to that yeah, game? Right. But if I don't get to it, I'm like... you got Resident Evil 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3 Yeah, it's like, month. I'm okay with it if I'm just enjoying what I'm doing right now. Exactly. That's where I'm coming from, too, is Valkyria Chronicles, game I want to play. Mm-hmm. 4 just came out. Sucks I wasn't there for it. Mm-hmm. I'm in the mindset now of, like, staying caught up, as caught up with current games yeah. as they come. You yeah. know, Resident Evil comes out, be caught up on that. Like, Kingdom Hearts 3, okay, it's Kingdom mm-hmm. Hearts time. It's like, yeah, I have my huge backlog, but, like... They're in the backlog now yeah. anyway. So it's just like as they come, you kind of try to just yeah. get them. I just try to do my best and you play know? what I can, but play what I enjoy too. Like it's yeah. important for us to play stuff for work too. Right. But like at the same time, I don't want to be miserable playing something I hate. Yeah. Just for the sake of playing or playing something I don't enjoy. Do you think, however, that be- beyond just you dealing with it, do you think games requiring a more constant commitment I mean, yeah. will will be a negative or positive thing. I think that's just the thing that's going to keep happening as we keep going in gaming. Like that's just the way things are trending yeah. right now. It's just people want you playing their game. They want you checking in every day. Mm-hmm. They want you a part of their game for so long. They want you to play their game for years. Like mm-hmm. Destiny, like they want you to keep playing it. Like Anthem's going to be the same way. They're going to have their whole release schedule. They want you to play through this. This one, this is coming. So we want you to do this and this. Which, yeah, it's time consuming. But at the same time, part of me loves it. Yeah, mm. like it's just like, do you like doing that? Like yeah. I don't really like doing it that much. I love if I can. It's only for one game. I can yeah. only do one at a time, and that's it. Yeah. Like I can't imagine like you playing all these like mobile games and like just stuff like that doing your little dailies and stuff like I can't do that. Well, it's just like talking about Anthem is interesting, right? Because you you don't want to be reductive and and just be like, "Oh, it's just copying Destiny." Like you want to right. give it more of a chance Absolutely. to grow and breathe. But the way that I feel going into Anthem is super influenced by my time with Destiny. The mm-hmm. way that it is taking place in my mind is because of Destiny, a game that you know, I feel like I didn't spend the most time with it. I would never say I was a dedicated Destiny player, but I spent enough time with it that it really felt like a big part of my gaming life this right. generation. Absolutely. And so the way that I feel about that, both good and bad, is influencing Anthem. And, like, I don't want to say I, I, I am burned out. That is not quite where I'm at. But it doesn't feel like a new thing anymore, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't feel special. When I download a new mobile game, it doesn't really feel special anymore opening these packs or boxes or whatever they are because it's like, we just keep doing this again and again and again. This can't be exciting getting a rare thing in the 100th game. Right. And so I think that's the other side of this conversation is do we eventually just lead to burnout when every reward is structured or every, like keep you on the hook mm-hmm. method feels so similar. It just totally depends on the game, right? So Fortnite, at this point, I have too many skins. Mm-hmm. There's, there, it, It's too much. You open <laughs> up your skin thing and there's just a hundred and it's, it's so many that I get like 
Yeah, what am I going to pick? It's just too many that none of them are good because uh, there's just too there's, many of yeah, them now. You right. know? It's like, why do I even need a new one when I have a hundred now? Versus on the other side, I do love some, like loot-based stuff like Destiny mm-hmm. or even Anthem. I love the idea of getting a sick reward that's going to last me for years, right? Yeah. Like, like Destiny 2 doing your exotic weapon quest and getting the last wish or whatever, you know, the rocket launcher, (laughs) some like crazy weapon. Right. Like that's in your inventory now. And because it's a live service game, it's going to be useful Mm -hmm. for a very long time. So I think that's, that's fun. You know, it's like that accumulation that matters. So you're saying it comes down to how each individual game makes it feel valuable. Yeah. And like by chasing loot in Destiny, like like having your the loot you earn matter. Like when you do a raid and you get, you know, yeah. that raid rocket launcher. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, that, like that is so cool in Destiny. People have their 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 uh, their bank inventory just with so many different kinds of guns and weapons because, you know. Chances are, a month down the line, two months down the line, it's like, oh, dude, this is actually useful yeah, now patched. for this specific encounter in this strike or this raid. Like, that, that's cool. And that's, that's I think, a really cool spot with live service ongoing things. I mean, case in point, MMOs, mm-hmm. it's like my cataclysmic gladiator axe, Brad, mm-hmm. that I got in Cataclysm is mine forever and I can just transmog any axe I get so it's like dude I still have this axe you know so it just all depends uh do you do you ever worry about it from like a game conversation or game coverage perspective and what I mean by that is it would get annoying once I played more Musou Dynasty Warriors like games for people to say oh they're all the same when Mm -hmm. it's like yeah, the, like that's something you can be critical about, but it's not quite that simple. Mm-hmm. Or, or when people say like, you know, all JRPGs are the same. Well, it's like no, that's that's clearly not true. Like that's just you simplifying it. Sometimes these things become dominant points of conversation right. that it kind of shifts us away from what is actually going on. Mm-hmm. And you see that with microtransactions as well. And you know, people saying like all microtransactions are bad, or oh, it's never as bad as people say it is. Just these. These hard generalizations, blanket like, statements about it. You know, we, we talked about like the baggage Anthem has has going into it. Do you think, from a from a game conversation standpoint, that is something that will improve at all, or do we need to change how we we look at things? I mean, I think like uh, battle royales, right? People mm-hmm. are like already sick of them. Mm-hmm. Like right. there's definitely a camp that's like, oh my god, does everything need to be a battle royale? Right. But I feel like as time goes on, that annoyance will wane, and it'll just become part of gaming. You know, it's, it's a it's genre. A, yeah, it's exactly what's happened with mobas, right? Yeah, because yeah. You, used to, you used to hear everybody complain about mobas. Now when a moba comes out, not, people are just like, whatever. Right. It's not. It's not like they went away. It's yeah. just we had that cycle. Yeah. Of, right. Mm-hmm. Satur- like hype, saturation, yeah. annoyance, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like when Battle Royales eventually come out, people are just, they're either into it or they're not, and they hopefully won't complain about it because they've already complained. Sure. <laughs> so you have, you have made peace with 
just backlogs. I, and you have to. You've got to make peace. Show me the way, Because man. I watch show so me the many way. shows, too, Ben. Yeah. Like, that's so time-consuming. Like, Kingdom Hearts came out, but, like, I was tired. Mm-hmm. I had some Punisher to watch. Mm-hmm. I threw some Punisher on. It's like, dude, there's so much stuff. It's too much. Hubert, I feel like I pretty much just focus on games. That's not totally true. And there's too much, man. Yeah, there's too too much. much. There just always is, and kind of have to accept that. Like, the fact that I've not seen a single episode of Dragon Ball Super, if you told me that, if you told me that 10 years ago, I would laugh in your face. Be like, yeah, right. Yeah. No way. Like, I'll be caught up day and date. Dragon Ball, dude? Super is a very fun time. I know. But you watch Boruto. You do? I do, because I'm already caught up. I don't know know anyone who does. So it's like when you're caught up, right? Like, I, ch- I actually watched a, an episode the other day because I hadn't watched any in months. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you're only like nine back. Yeah. It's like, dude, watch like three right now. Boom. Mm-hmm. I'm all like almost caught back up. Yeah. Like once you're caught up on anime, it's such a good feeling because it's really hard to Didn't fall behind, up. you know, because it's like only one 20 minute episode a week. Yeah. Sure. So anime is great. I feel like if we could, <laughs> we, I feel like we could <laughs> fuse all of the allies into one person. We would be an almost perfect content consumer. <laughs> yeah, all of it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for. for I've actually looked up me. to. Uh, sorry to cut you off. I've actually looked up to Brad on this. Brad helped me with managing. Because yeah. Brad for a while was very, and still is, very hard line with. Like, I don't have time for that. Sorry. Like, right. like coming to you all the time with random, random games. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yo, let's co-op this. <laughs> like, I don't got time for that. Yeah. I'm like, no, I got other stuff to do. So it's just like over the years. See, that's the exact opposite you know? of the of, of my response. <laughs> when you come to me, it's like, dude, and you're like, oh, you're right, I gotta do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I feel yeah. every time. Yeah. Just just hands on head, yeah. sink into despair. I need to cut a job. Yeah, yeah, you both are very similar in yeah. that regard. Yeah. And Brad's like, no, man, I'm I'm doing this right now. I don't have time. And it's like, all right. Yeah, because you're like, let's play Army of Two. I'm like, no, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm cool, man. Let's play Kane and Lynch, man. Yeah, let's play Kane. <laughs> we gotta do oh, this. Oh, that was the, that was sucked, man. Dude, oh, Kane and Lynch. Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of nowhere, too. Yeah. Probably by nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like, dude. Gain Lynch co-op, local co-op. You're dude. pulling heist. You're dude. pulling heist. It's always pulling heist with everything yeah. with yeah. you. If you're doing a heist, you got me. Yeah, I'm in. You guys ready for some emails? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yo, are those franchises gone? You think they'll come back? Kane and Lynch never <laughs> coming back. Or Army of Two? No, I don't. Know. I think that's dead. That yeah. whole that whole era was like the online co-op era. Dude, yeah. We we <laughs> sacrificed Kane and Lynch for great ass Hitman games. Yes. I'm good. Yes. I'm good. Yes. Our first email comes in from Joe with the subject, Back in the Game. Hmm. Hey, allies. Back in the fall, I picked up Dragon Quest XI. I eventually finished the story and started the post-game only Whoa, Watch out for spoilers. It's, I got you. All right, 70 hours in here. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> only to hit a wall. Turns out the post-game content is significantly harder than the story content oh, with God, a huge difficulty spike oh, that shit. left my party severely underleveled in what had, to that point, been a pretty easy game. I ultimately decided screwed. that I didn't want to grind out the rest of the game, and so I moved on. 
Good. See, not spoilery. Okay, good thing he's not doing draconic. Recently, I picked up Dragon Quest XI again, leveled up my party, and fell back in love with it. Mm. See, there's hope here. Nice. Light and darkness. You need them in equal yes. measure. I'm probably five or so hours away from the Platinum Trophy at this point. Oh, I'm enjoying the post-game content significantly more than I did the story. Have any of the panelists put a game down after hitting a wall only to return and fall more in love with it months or years mm. later? What made the difference the second time around? Hmm. Final Fantasy Seven. This is actually one of mine as well. Hmm. Play, um, uh, was uh, enraptured obviously when this game first came out. My neighbor had it. Motorcycle scene, insane. Never had a PS One for a while. Took me a while to get one. Yeah. yeah. Finally got a PS One. Frozen Evil. <laughs> yep. Played uh, some Final Fantasy Seven. Just fell out of it because it's hundred hour game. Mm-hmm. Maybe not 100 hours, no, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fell out of it, and then as I became more obsessed with games on a on a creation standpoint and a legacy standpoint, not just for pure fun in the moment or entertainment, right? started collecting all the Final Fantasies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, this is obviously a franchise that I really like, and I want to like go through all of them. Right. Uh, tried again to go through seven and failed, and then finally Brad... Was just like, dude, you Brad gotta get. Yeah, Brad the Savior. But he's like, dude, you gotta get through it, man. <laughs> so I was like, all right. It was. Uh, I think it, it must have been before like thirteen, probably. Yeah, I was like, you going were, back. there was a phase where you're going through all of them. Yeah, I that and like Castlevania, dude. Yeah. Big phases yeah, where I went. Yeah, yeah. It was like, dude, gotta get through these. So yeah, just started and stopped Final Fantasy VII a couple times, and then finally was like, I am not stopping. <laughs> went through it and obviously really enjoyed it. I had the a very similar experience with Final Fantasy VII. So, as a kid, I would just a lot of times for so many things, I would just get to a point in games where uh, I I loved the game, but I would get frustrated, I get stuck, and I wouldn't know how to do something, and I would just stop. And uh, that happened with Final Fantasy VII. And as I got older, specifically in high school, it was like, no, I. I really want to see these things through, and Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII was was a big one for that. And God damn, it was amazing. God yeah. damn, because Final <laughs> Fantasy VII was the first Final Fantasy game that I played, and Final Fantasy VII was kind of magical to me because I saw it in Electronic Gaming Monthly, and I was like, "Wow, this looks really cool." And then it got praised to high heaven, like it became this legendary thing. And then I played it, and that opening, and just so many parts of the game, like every beat of that game, hit me. And then when I finally got to the ending, when I was older, it was just as good. And so it was like kind of this beautiful circle uh, just finally closing. So, yeah, it was great. Iconic. Iconic, yeah. <laughs> and I- even when we uh, streamed Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. at Game Trailers all the way through, I'd already gone through the game, but You know what I really beautiful. want out of the remake? Hmm. I want to use a Buster Sword the whole game. Don't give me new weapons. I think you'll get new weapons. Don't give me any new weapons. I don't want to swap any out. I want because the Buster Sword is the one of the best video game weapons in its design of all time, dude. It's so mm. cool. It is. And it then is. they give you some random club or something. <laughs> there some, is a club. There's yeah. like a bat with a nail in it. Just like random weapons. I mean, you could you can just use the Butter, Buster Sword as a challenge if you want to. But I'm not that good, man. I'm not good <laughs> enough to do that. So it's like, but I mean, give me a way to, like, let me change my armor and my materia and my accessories and stuff, but let me hang on to that buster I, sword, I man. I, I have a theory. <laughs> I have a theory, though. 
You don't actually need that much of it. You need just enough to be like, yes, that's really cool. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. And then Dude, and then ready. you have a sick moment where you like stick it in the ground. <laughs> that's average children. That happens in average children. And then you come back to it at the end of the game. And that's average children. Because <laughs> like uh, the the kingdom key in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, is, same thing. It's amazing same and thing. iconic, but a huge part of the joy in Kingdom Hearts yeah. is like getting new keyblades and seeing what they're going to look like for that world. I, I at least I think that's yeah, cool. yes, yeah, for sure, for sure. So. It's tough because I have the I have that like you. It, it's epic for so many reasons, story wise. You're too. a cannon man. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're a cannon, a cannon man. man. Yeah. man. Cloud uses the Buster yeah. Sword, and that's the way that when it is. he's fighting Sephiroth, yeah. he's busting out the Buster Sword. Yeah, I mean, it would be weird <laughs> if Sephiroth used a different weapon, yeah, right? right? Like that yeah. would be yeah odd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That could be sick. Like, what if he gets something even crazier? No, Dude. there's, no, there's like, nothing. Like, there's nothing. It's the craziest. Like the Buster Sword and his sword, are, like the most iconic like weapons. There is nothing time. cooler Dude. than that. Like a long, sword. like a katana, like ten feet long. So sick, dude! I want to see that in the remake. Dude, remake's yeah. coming, dude! It's coming. I feel like Resident Evil Two remake has made my expectations for yeah. this, which is not fair. They're nervous. They played it. They were like, "Yo, well, let remake. me say this." Look out. When I played Kingdom Hearts Three, I was more confident in Seven remake. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Three is there. I'm gonna tell yeah. you the co- the combat in Seven remake is gonna be action combat. We've seen it kind of already, but it'll be like it won't be the same, but it'll be more actiony. This isn't fair, nor does it make that much sense. But Kingdom Hearts Three is just kind of bolstering my confidence in Square Enix as a whole. Right, <laughs> and the same man is it's working on really, that. Yeah. Really, really line up, but that's what it's, it's like. Doing. They did it. I really that's like, what it feels like. I really me. like 15's combat. I yeah, really like sure. 15. Yeah. I really like 15. I really like 15. I wish it was a little bit harder, but I think it makes up for that by being so much fun to fight stuff. Yeah. Kind of like Kingdom Hearts 3. Anytime you have like a, a, a blink strike, man. Yeah. It's, you got the me. Blink, the blink strike. <laughs> you got me. The blink strike is something that remains satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It remains. Blink strike. Yes. Uh, as for a video game that I played Sorry. that I came around to later was... Uh, a game called uh, Vagrant Story. Nice. So it was like a. It was a like I played a lot of JRPGs back in the day on the PS One, of course. Like, yeah. The like crazy time. Vagrant Story was different in its combat system, and I remember it being when I played it very tough, and it was like really position based, and I was kind of overwhelmed when I was playing when I was younger because yeah. I was much younger when I was playing this game. And I was like, ah, I don't, I don't get this. I don't like it, kind of thing like that. And I didn't play for like a day or two. Then I came back to it, then it just started clicking with me, and I was like, nice. yes, this game rules. I love this game. This is great. So, yeah, but I don't think there's ever been a time where it's been like a month, a year for me coming back to a game. Brad, I have not finished Vegas Story, and I need to do that. <laughs> yeah. Because Vegas Story is a game that... Remaster. I played and thought was really cool and just didn't yeah, it's really finish cool. or play more it's of really for some cool. reason. I don't think yeah. we'll ever get a game like that. I yeah. still have my copy of Vegas Strange. That's good news. Play through it. Okay. Dude, uh, PS5 is going to have PS1 through 4. Backwards compatibility. <sighs> Slap in Vagrant Story. It's going to look better than ever. PS5 will come with Vagrant Story installed. Yes. <laughs> Every console. <laughs> Dude, that'd be on your so dashboard. You can't play another game. So sick. 
How sick would that be? Just out of every game ever, it's just Vagrant like, Story. While your PS5 is like doing its initial startup, it takes time to do. It's like mm -hmm. booting up. Like, yeah. like when you install Windows, while that's going on, you're playing Vagrant Story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hubert, I hope it doesn't take that long to boot up. <laughs> My God. Like installing Windows. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next question comes in from Brandon. He says, hello, everybody. Recently, I come, I've come across various videos and content where the term influential was being used as a talking point, if not an outright focus of said content. It was then I realized to say a game is or was influential has become an extremely common defense or topic of conversation when discussing games that stand the test of time. So I wanted to ask you, whenever you discuss a game being influential, from what perspective do you come from? Cultural impact, gameplay mechanics, storytelling tropes, something else entirely. Thanks for my question. Mm. If you take it and stay easy, fellow allies. Interesting question. Yeah. Uh, I, all, of, all of the above. Yeah, all of the above. listing stuff like that. Mm -hmm. See, for me, I, I think the mark of influential is how it influences things over time or or... or ways that it is imitated over time. Mm -hmm. Like, you saw an increase in cover-based shooting after Gears of War yeah. because yeah. it did it so well. So to me, that is the test of, hey, we did this really, really well, so everything else wants to use it, and it's good enough that people will want to do it for years yeah, to come. Like, cinematic storytelling became more prevalent after Metal Gear Solid, I would say. Sure. Those cutscenes and stuff, like, man. Like, yeah. like comparing a video game to a movie, I feel like Metal Gear Solid. Like, I think Demon Souls started, but when Dark Souls came out, and like that's when everyone was like, "Oh, this was right. awesome. Let's do these mechanics." Right. Like I mean, every game was using mechanics <laughs> from those games. Dark Souls has like specifically created a new, new genre, genre of of yeah. things that are imitating it. Extremely hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is it. Well, like, even example. think of like when Symphony of the Night, you know, yes. did what Metroid did yes. and that started its own and, thing, and, too. And like Super that. Metroid are, are prime examples as well. I would say Mario 64 totally was, too, when it came out oh, at the time. Yeah. Everyone doing 3D platformers like that. Like, that's when that genre was like really thriving, the N64 PS2 era. Yeah, I do think. It can be hard because sometimes the thing that spawns the most imitators was actually directly influenced by something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so people forget about the thing that really started it, but they remember the thing that created so many imitators. Like, like Doom, right? The original Doom. Oh, and like forgetting about Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein and then yeah. even before that, like it wasn't the first first person shooter, but yeah. still Wolfenstein and Doom are kind of like the influencers, if you will. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about, I feel like Wolfenstein 3D was pretty influential and pretty yeah. well recognized, but uh, like Guitar Hero, I think is a, is an interesting example because that mm -hmm. was a thing that really exploded. But there were other guitar-based rhythm games before that. I'm trying to think of the, I think it's a Konami-developed game that I'm thinking of, but is basically just Guitar Hero. Mm -hmm. You can play it in round one. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think that's that's what influential means to me i do get annoyed sometimes when i when i consume video game discussion of like best games when that's kind of the word that they rest on we're yeah. like oh we have to include it here because, because it's influential without really going into the nitty-gritty of why that matters yeah. um yeah but it's important to 
To recognize the word. To innovate. Yeah. I like innovation. We're gonna we're gonna end on a and on a spicy. No. And on a spice. No. no. I'm trying to no. to find. No. You killed her. You in your rage. Killed her. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Episode nine comes out this year. Oh yeah. Cool. Hope it's good. Mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame comes out this year. Oh, yeah. Cool. Shenmue 3 comes out this year. Hope it's good. Shenmue 3, hope it's good. (laughs) 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 Hope it's good. Hope it's good. (laughs) Yeah, I hope that's good. I hope it's uh, I I feel like I'm having a a deja vu moment. Okay. And, man, between getting flustered with tabletop content and this, it's been, like, some low points for me this week. Oh. Just enjoy Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, man. No, I I think we might have done this email in the last episode. Oh. That's embarrassing. Which one? This influential one. Really? Oh, well. But I don't remember. You got a different panel on it, I guess. We do have a different panel. But if we did ask it last time. Good. Now you got our perspective on it. <laughs> that just you shouldn't happen. You probably learned a lot from us. <laughs> that just shouldn't happen. It's all right, dude. It's yeah. just, uh, it's just cool. an email. Yeah. Like, you know, it's you, okay. you, you got a lot to juggle, Ben. Don't beat yourself yeah. up. Yeah, don't worry about it, man. Yeah, it's okay. Moving on. This one comes in from Patrick. Frustrated at ten out of ten games. Okay. Hey, allies. I can't do it anymore. I can't play Red Dead Two anymore. It's not because the game is so long or too realistic or there's no fast travel, which there is. Uh, none of that stuff. I'm just really frustrated at the inconsistency of the rules of this game. One mission, I have to stealth and lose honor for killing anyone, even when they are shooting at me. And then a cutscene happens, and now I can kill them fine with no honor loss. I have a myriad of these types of issues with very specific examples, but for brevity's sake, I won't go into them. Overall, my experience, though, is that the game doesn't operate by the rules it tries to set, and because of that, hurts the gameplay flow and realism in an otherwise beautifully crafted world and story. However, when I try to tell this to my friends or even send them videos of the game clearly breaking down its own rules, they say, huh, I never experienced that. Do you have any games like this, ones that you are completely at odds with, but other people say, I just never experienced that? The Last Guardian. Yeah. (laughs) The Last Guardian is a prime example of this. Yeah, I had so many problems with it, dude. So many. Uh, Just... Control and Trico and everything, and it was just a, it was a struggle for me to get through. Sure. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know if it's a ten out of ten game, but I remember I didn't, I didn't like Mass Effect One when I played it. I remember a lot of people Not loved that game. Two, I know, though. but like, I don't know, like two is two. Ten. I like two more. I don't think I like two as much as everyone else, but I do like two more. I just like. I don't know. I can't think of like 10 out of 10 games where I'm like, God, this. Like, I could usually find something I'd really like about them, even if it's not the type of game for me. I don't know. Like, the, 10s don't come that, that often yeah. where I could do that, I guess. I know a divisive one is uh, Uncharted. People think it's overrated. But does it mm-hmm. get 10 out of 10s everywhere? Like, you might consider <laughs> it 10 out of 10. Yeah. But like, Rock. Like, Greg Red Miller Dead gave more. Uncharted 3 a 10. Okay. This. Maybe it's a little bit outside of the context of this question, but I feel like one that drives me up a wall is when you run into a boss 
that you're just really struggling against and you just need to vent and the first response you hear is yeah i never had a problem with that yeah, never mm. with that. yeah. yeah and then it's oh, just like just good at you, it. you just feel <laughs> so bad for daring to struggle at this part yeah. in a video game yeah. mm. um i feel like maybe this happened with the bloodborne dlc and uh ludwig mm-hmm uh, cause that, that fight gave me, that's a, a hard, that was, a, that's a hard fight, dude. Yeah. Um, the Dark Souls 2 DLC as well is another one. Much uh, harder than the base game. That the bosses in the first Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2 DLC gave me a lot of trouble. And I don't feel like the, the gang a squad? lot of people had as much trouble as I did. The gang squad one or the dragon? No, no. It was like a lady. Oh yes. Okay. Do you know who I'm talking yeah, about? Right I don't now. remember her name. I forgot her name too. Yeah. But it was some lady in Dark Souls 2. Yeah, I forgot her name. But yeah, that was tough. Got but, through uh, it, though. But, you know, it, it, it goes both ways here. It is... Uh, there. There's always... You know, if something gets a 10, there's always big commotion. There's, mm-hmm. you know, and there's always... There's always, always going to be a, a certain amount of people or there's always going to be a group that, that doesn't agree with it or doesn't like it. Correct. But yeah. I feel like, the, you know, the same can be said the other way around. Like, a game can get a 5 out of 10. And you really like it. And you can love it. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, if something's yeah, not clicking or... When, when there's, like, a 10 slapped on something, people are, like, really intense about people, it. Uh, yeah, people are expecting and waiting for, like, this is the next big thing. This mm-hmm. is one of the one of the greatest games of mm-hmm. all time. Right. You know, if it gets a 10, it's got to be one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, and I, I think something to keep in mind, not to, I guess, oversimplify it, but... Games are becoming more multifaceted. They're becoming more complex. And so I feel like what you take away from a game is going to be way different than yeah. anybody else. And, and yeah. games are including more and more ways to play. Mm-hmm. And so your very specific style might not gel the same way that somebody else's right. does. So, yeah. yeah. I get it, though. I felt terrible for not liking last guardian yeah it's like, it was like what am I, I i i felt like i was doing something wrong like am i playing this wrong am i doing something wrong no. like what's wrong with me you know you look inward mm-hmm. it's like dude if everyone's giving this game a 10 and saying it's the greatest thing out there and you're not enjoying it you think something's wrong with yourself at least i did yeah so that was an anxiety and a frustration for for me the last guardian like Trico being annoying or not listening or being cumbersome definitely happened, but it never bothered me so much that it ruined the experience or made me not like it. And so that can happen too, right? Where different things will annoy yeah. you versus not. Where like like Sonic Forces, I think, is a good example. Yeah. You will I like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like it's, just, it. <laughs> it's not like you didn't see the parts of the game that maybe aren't that great, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's not a slam on you or Sonic Forces, no. it's just different experiences. I think, I don't even know if I messed up. I don't even know for sure if we did that email or not. We will know when we see the comments. We will know. <laughs> Loud and clear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think, You'll let us know. I think regardless, we should just do one more email. Okay, You guys perfect. okay with that? I, w- yeah, I yeah. could do 10 more emails We're right going to do one more email. <laughs> it's late, dude. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what time it is. It could be 1 a.m. It's 11. Okay. Title, Metroid Prime Delay. This comes in from oh. Ryder. 
Howdy, allies. Firstly, congratulations on the new studio. Super proud and happy for you all. Secondly, for some time now, there have been people wishing for and or expecting a Metroid Prime Trilogy remaster or package of some sort for the Nintendo Switch. With a recent announcement the development on Metroid Prime 4 has effectively been restarted from the beginning, I think it's safe to assume that the game won't be released for another three to four years. Hmm, I don't know about that. Do you think it is now more plausible that the trilogy will be released for Switch in the next one to two years? I think the reaction to the announcement has been mostly positive due to its transparency and honesty, but I also know that many people have been waiting a long time for 4 as it is. I th would think releasing the trilogy with regular console shooter controls and portability could go a long way in temporarily sating people's desire for a new Prime experience. This is a question... Uh, this is not a new question for Easy Allies, but I would like to get the Brad Ellis and Michael Huber perspective mm -hmm. on the Metroid. I think Prime I World. talked actually about that too on the podcast, Easy A podcast, just about Metroid the delay and and mm. now I said I was like, dude, now is the time to get. Well, then it's not a new question for, no, for, for the panelists. No, for uh, never mind. I don't know. No, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't, know. I don't know. I thought, I thought Ben was going to say. I thought Ben was going to say something else, and my brain went to somewhere, <laughs> and then he said, and then, and then I was confused. Uh, uh, no, I. <laughs> to answer the question, yes, I think it's coming. Metroid Prime Trilogy one because it because of the delay, so now it will help ease the delay. But then, two, it's always a smart move to help people get caught up mm -hmm. to a later game in your franchise to get more people on board. I think Kingdom Hearts was a great example. Mm -hmm. 1.5, 2.5, 2.8. Uh, I think those packages helped at least a number of people yeah. get caught up before three. And exactly. And that is awesome mm -hmm. and always, always appreciated. So Nintendo... I recently read that Nintendo is teasing that they've, they have a game announcement coming soon that they think people are going to be very excited about. I mm -hmm. think it's the Metroid Prime trilogy. That'd be so hype. Yeah. That'd I, be I, great. It's, it's been a really interesting series of events where this delay happened, and it seems like everybody's cool with it. Mm -hmm. I'm personally very cool with it because, A, <laughs> I had enough to play. Yeah. <laughs> right. I... I'm excited for Metroid Prime 4, but there's enough going on. But also, them coming out and saying that Retro is now associated with it, great. Yeah. I understand that a lot has changed in Retro over the years, but still, I think that's an encouraging announcement. Great. They will make a good game. Yeah. Take as much time as you need. And Don't it, rush quality. And it felt four years away anyway, you know, because they didn't show anything. Mm -hmm. So I think just it getting logo. delayed was just like business as usual. Yeah. Whereas if something... Like, if Death Stranding got delayed now, it would be a big blow because we've actually seen a bit of it, right. you know? So, Right. It does help. I feel like that is a, it, an element of it that hasn't been discussed too much, or at least I haven't heard it, is, yeah, you're right. It does totally help that we haven't seen anything. Mm -hmm. It's not like we yeah. had some sick trailer that got us really excited and had yeah. us go crazy with possibilities and theories. <clears throat> Versus 13. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, trailer, that's great. dude. When do you reasonably expect we'll see Metroid Prime 4? See it? Yeah. Uh, I think we'll see something next year, next E3. I agree. What, it could be just a trailer or whatever. I think we'll see something next E3. I agree. I think we might see something at the Game Awards. Ooh. That'd be cool. That'd be a great time Ooh. to do Keely it. Scoop. Yeah. Okay. Just a little minute tease or so. 
Maybe a cinematic, yeah. like a like a CG. Do you cinematic? remember um, mm-hmm. or another when, logo when Anuma and Miyamoto <laughs> like teased Breath of the Wild for the first time, and it was just like in a field. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. I can imagine something kind of open and transparent like Nintendo that. Nintendo, like, yeah. We still have a lot to go, but here's kind of where the our concept. headspace is. Yeah, yeah. I could see something like that. Cool. Cool. Dude, I went back and I watched the Miyamoto Twilight Princess. Reveal. Oh my Before god. Before it was Twilight Princess. Oh my god. One of the best <laughs> insane, moments. Insane, dude. Dude, people were going bananas. I think <laughs> it blood, was like WWE yeah, Attitude yeah, Era, I dude. Think blood was there, dude. Just insane. Like people like just shouting and <laughs> yeah. freaking out. Like, yeah. like that, that stuff like rarely happens yeah. now, dude. So, it was so cool. Comes out with the sword and shield. Yeah. That was good stuff. <laughs> that was good stuff. I, that was. That was a big moment More for me. More game company people should come out with a sword. <laughs> yeah, every time. Like, but there's only so like many they, iconic swords. One just, of which is the Buster Sword. Like, when, <laughs> when they <laughs> come out with a life-size Buster Sword, like, Nomura needs to come out with a Buster Sword. Yeah. And like, there's just an accident, and like they accidentally like cut off somebody's arm yeah. or something. Yeah, be great. All right, that is gonna do it for Frame Trap episode 74. Man, what a bummer that I, I fumbled it at the end there. But it's okay. too hard on yeah, too hard, man. Jeez, there's no problem. I, I do get to play some Candy Hearts three. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. good. Yep. Thank you so much. I, I still had a great time, regardless. Thank you so much for joining me, Michael Huber and Bradley Ellis. Mm-hmm. I hope everything worked out with the audio and video. Please let us know. Give us any and all feedback. We do appreciate it. If you want to send in an email that I might read twice. Go email askeasyallies at gmail.com, please. That is the email address. It is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Until next time.